1: Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on
2: fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, special 1 p.m. Eastern start time for this episode with me, a freshly shaven, a fresh and clean Steven Jensen god you surprised me when you first popped i was like who who is this man what what has happened to your face
3: it feels so good dude (laughs)
2: like i was growing it i was growing it out big because it got
3: so cold recently but now it's like actually warming up around where i'm at so like it's it feels really good i i conditioned my hair and everything today man it's it's a it's a good it's a it's a good grooming day over here for me i was actually i told you before the show i tried to do that uh the Triple H, like King of Kings, handlebar thing, and I was doing it, and like I had it, but it didn't look funny and it didn't look cool. Like it looked just absolutely ridiculous, and there was just I didn't even feel comfortable being on camera with the way that that looked. Um, it just looked insane. So I uh, just went all the way and just shaved it off. But the thing is, my hair grows so fast, dude, that like I'll have a full. Be- I mean, the stubble's already coming back in. I shaved like yesterday, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, but yeah anyways no one cares about any of that but yes (laughs) no
2: i was hoping i was hoping you would go with the the triple h handlebar you said it didn't look good you still should have just for the bit just come on the show with it on there
3: yeah we'll 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 see we'll see maybe uh (laughs) kevin davis says bye in the chat i don't know if i've already turned you offended him you've offended offended him that you didn't go
2: full triple h he's like i'm out of here you didn't go full if
3: y'all really really want it i can do it in like a month because like i'll have a full beard in like a week or two so
2: (laughs) y'all y'all forget you ever even
3: saw this this is a this is a special special uh kind of one-time thing i do,
2: but i do this like twice a year where just like shave all the way down
3: then you know whatever
2: i I couldn't go triple H the, the EP immediately shut that down. Like live on the show last week, she shut that down. She's like, Nope, not (laughs) doing that. And clean shaven. I, I do it to piss off my mom. And because she doesn't, uh, she doesn't like me when I'm clean shaven, and I don't actually like it either. So it's literally just to to, to rib her, but it's a rib on myself. Um, I can't do clean shaven either. It's it's not good. I, I don't I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. It's not a Brooks Brothers suit at all on me. <laughs> just just terrible.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I I definitely feel a little bit weird with with my uh, with no beard. But like I said, it felt so good. Like I got in the shower this morning, and like I could feel my face. Like it's
2: it's a weird thing to be actually. You keep touching your your face. You're like it is. Like after people, people are just here for for the grooming tips. Hey, if you want some grooming tips, not at your face. If you want to groom your downstairs, uh, that's a different show. I did not realize your hair was that damn long. My hair is very long yeah i usually have a beard and i
3: tie my hair up but yeah i'll, I'll totally change it up today for y'all there you go what? this is, this Who is, is this a man? B- b- bizarre bizarre episode i'm donating my <laughs> hair I'm, I'm donating my hair in may that's uh that's why it's so long
2: so oh, okay yeah. this is, you've got the shades on for the first time on, on this <laughs> show i've seen you in the shades before but usually the past couple of episodes you've worn the the glasses now you've actually gone full shades here yeah i'm going i'm going purple shades i'm going
3: vikings jersey you know the super bowl is coming up the vikings aren't in it but you know i can like pretend like you know i'm having a good time with nfl right now and i won't really have any reason to wear this jersey again
2: for like seven more months so um, you can wear it for the draft everybody wears their team's jersey for like draft day and stuff that's
3: true that's true that's a good call for the for the draft i'll I'll, I'll don the jersey and i'm hoping we keep this guy this is an adam thielen jersey this is new jersey and like I don't know. We're gonna be making some moves this off season. I hope he stays on the team, but uh, yeah.
2: He, we have we have Bizarro Jensen with the long <laughs> hair. And, and the oh, shade. guys! And
3: WWE is incredible, y'all. I've been watching Raw, and like <laughs> I can't believe what I've been missing out on. So, like, man, ready for today's show. <laughs>
2: We're going we're gonna talk about that here in a second. Guys, if you have super chats, get your super chats in. Get your question, comment, statement right on air. If you have humper chats, go to humperchats.com. Uh you can also get your question comment statement right on air. Our guy, JJ, says hello. Hello, to my favorite big star and king of the indies watcher. Hope you're both doing well. Been saying this forever. Santana and RT's rule. Love you all, man. Santana last night looking at the camera. She's like, what the fuck is this guy? <laughs> what the what's he talking about? Just great shit. Absolutely that was good
3: stuff. I- I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, live at Terminus later this month too. Like it's been uh, cool seeing him kind of break out as like a singles guy also because he's doing a lot of singles matches on the Indies right now. And I yeah. like Ortiz too, but it's just kind of cool to see like a different layer to those guys.
2: Uh, and JJ also says, also big Jensen. I'm very much enjoying Degrassi. There you go. I'm glad. Um,
3: I'm glad you're watching. We have Degrassi dudes tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. myself and SP3 fight full overbooked. So if you're enjoying it, we'll be talking Degrassi. We're doing a character, uh, a character tiers list. Um, so like we did last week with the couples this week, we're going to go through like all of our main characters from the show. And I still have to write that thing for you too. And that's actually reminding me that I need to do the, uh, what we what you messaged me about for the magazine so
2: yes we're, we're gonna be featured in uh the the fightful magazine putting putting a spotlight on overbooked and i just got news that all the fightful overbooked the podcast feed has now been approved by apple so if you can't watch the shows if you want to listen to them they are now you can find them on apple itunes now so you can go there you can use it rss feed uh it's all it's all linked on fightful overbooked you can head over there youtube.com slash fightful overbooked we got shows Every single day, new content every single day. As Jensen just mentioned, we have Degrassi Dudes at 10 o'clock with Jensen and SB3 tomorrow. Usually SB3 and I do uh, FMC Friday morning coffee uh, every other Friday. We will be doing a special episode tomorrow because the NBA trade deadline is in like two hours. And so SB3 and I are going to get together tomorrow morning to talk about his terrible, terrible, god-awful Lakers and the (laughs) trades that may or may not happen. Today, So head over there, <laughs> youtube.com slash Fightful Overbook. Jensen, let's get into what we're here to talk about today as we t- spend 10 minutes uh, talking about beards and, you know, putting ourselves <laughs> yeah, over. All this non-wrestling stuff no one cares about. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Um... Let's let's start with I, I want to start with the WWE stuff because you mentioned it and I'm very excited to talk about this. I told you for this week, and for those that don't know, Steven Jensen, he is the king of the indies watcher, and, and he loves AEW and all that, not a WWE guy. And so you I need to preface ahead.
3: this though. <laughs> I was a very, 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 very loyal WWE guy for like 30 years. So it isn't like I'm just like this lifelong hater. Like it's more the last few years that I just pieced out. So,
2: right. So you you're not a WWE guy anymore. You watch the events. You went on a a tremendous uh, come to Jesus speech with all the WWE fans last week, where you watch just the events. You don't watch the weekly television. And I wanted to talk about. I'm
3: listening, by the way. I'm
2: listening. (laughs) What are you doing? Keep going. Keep
3: going. I gotta get my swag, dude.
2: <laughs> oh my god! All right,
3: continue continue the, uh, the WWE conversation. These are
2: huge. <laughs> I wanted to spotlight Chad Gable because I think Chad Gable has been tremendous, and you did not know anything about Alpha Academy because they really haven't been on WWE payviews or anything. And I said, watch the the quiz bowl segment. Watch the quiz bowl segment and let me know what what you think of of this. And you watched it. What did you think of this quiz bowl segment with Chad Gable, Otis, Randy Orton, and, and Riddle?
3: It was pathetic, dude. I can't believe it. Like it was some bad stuff. Um, so they showed highlights of the first like the first two weeks. I guess they did a spelling bee and a uh and a scooter race right yeah um the spelling bee chad gable got the word wrong the race was basically uh gable falling and then otis uh knocking over riddle so then gable gable won um and then i watched yeah i watched the quiz i watched the the whole thing and it's funny because when i started watching i thought it was like 10 minutes long but it was really like 16 17 minutes long but uh Dude, so is is Gable's thing now that he's like, thank you? Yeah, is that like his big like. Yeah. oh, that's his big thing now. Yeah. Um, what happened to Otis? Like last, like he I, shaved, like, it, it, was it was like, feels feel. like it feels he like he was. It feels like he just had that money in the bank, and now it's like looks totally different. Like this weird like follower of
2: chat. I don't know. What what is this? Is the tag champs. He's 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 uh he's part of the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable has turned him into a champion. Before Chad Gable, he was he won the money in the bank but then he lost it cuz he was a dork. He was a loser. Chad Gable has now made him one half of the Raw champions. Well, I think hey,
3: good for him. Um <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I like Chad Gable a lot. And I like Otis too, like for what it's worth. I like both these guys. Um I really like Chad Gable in NXT. I, I thought that him and Jason Jordan, like that tag team was great. Um and I think Gable has a ton of potential. I mean, the guy was a legitimate Olympian. I mean, like I, I, I think that's super underrated in just, just in general. Um, but yeah, I don't uh, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know how to feel about it. Cause like that was, that was to get a tag team title match. So it was like, yeah. that was how you're setting up. Who's <laughs> worthy of title matches is who can win quiz bowls. Yeah. How else would you set it up through wrestling matches? Apparently not. I mean, and dude, they were piping in so much crowd noise during yeah, this. Awful. I mean, it's
2: like, it's that yeah, That it's was strange. actually like not the most egregious piping of, of crowd noise because throughout the show, it's far like that stuff actually gets a reaction. So the fact that you hated it, I didn't know how you were going. I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't say it.
3: I hated it. It's just like I expected. So, you know, I, It's what I expected when you told me, hey, we're going to be talking about a quiz bowl
2: from Raw. <laughs> like did that and it seemed like that opened the show didn't it like yeah it's like, that, that was the opener like this is this is legitimately some of the best stuff on raw jensen like this is this is the best stuff on raw
3: yeah well <laughs> i mean i just don't know so what impressed. to say i really don't i like i said i like all like and here's the thing i like riddle and orton like i like those dudes i like gable and otis like I, it's like i like everyone involved in this i just thought but it's one of those things too. I say it all the time. If I was like eight years old, I'd probably like this, you know, it's just like, it just isn't for me. So, but I'm I one of them. But here's this. the thing. Here's the sad, the, the sad thing is the match. I know they just wrestled for the titles, but like the match will be good. Cause all these guys are good professional wrestlers, but like, I don't care about any of this buildup. And that's why I think so many people like myself are just watching the pay-per-views at this point. Cause like, I can miss all this stuff and then just next month see Gable and Otis versus Orton and Riddle, not having known any of the buildup, and just you know, hope for a good match. You
2: know what I mean? I enjoyed this, Stephen. Am I eight?
3: <laughs> um, no, you're not. You're not. You're my <laughs> age. <laughs> so, um, hey, here's the other thing too. If you like it, you like it. It's fine totally fine dude i like mighty ducks game changers i'm in my 30s that's not an adult show you know what i'm saying i
2: think i think gable has been tremendous during this because here's the here's the thing with WWE, right is like if you're going there to be this excellent professional wrestler you don't always you don't always get that opportunity like how how long did we see daniel bryan be daniel bryan and have like very good WWE matches but he did a lot of character stuff right they asked him to do the the stuff with kane he was involved in love triangles he was obviously the yes person he did that shit with cast that was awful the stuff with shane mcmahon he had to play a character if you're just going there to be like a good professional wrestler it's tough to stand out because the way they structure their matches and that's what gable that, that's been the knock on him. It's like, oh, he can't do a character. He can't do a character. He's always been such a tremendous character and has always been capable of this stuff. They just haven't let him do that for the most part on the main route. They tried to make him Shorty G, which was awful. But they, they have not let him do any of this stuff. And now he's finally proving that he can just be a character on their television show. And he is a very, very good WWE character. And it might not be for everybody. I completely get that. If you just want to see Chad Gable go out there and just have great masters and toss people around, I get it. He ain't going to be doing that in WWE. He's got to play this goofball. Hey, here's a bunch of dialogue to read. Go get it over. Go connect with the crowd type of shit. He's doing that now. And I'm very happy for him because he's always been capable of this. I've said it many times uh xavier woods and tyler breeze used to do battle of the brands and they would have vignettes with wrestlers because they would make their friends in the game and it would have vignettes with wrestlers cutting promos to like set up the the simulated matches gable was so so good so good during that stuff you just never saw it on television for one reason or another but he can he's always been able to be this WWE character i'm glad for him that Maybe it's not the best utilization of Chad Gable. I understand if you're mad about that for him in this system, I'm glad he's finally getting a chance to show off this side of himself. Yeah.
3: And to be honest, I'm with you because like, even though this isn't for me, I could say that about just like a lot of what they do on Raw just isn't for me. But if this is what's going to help elevate Chad Gable into a position where he can be like a valued member of the WWE roster, then I'm then like, I'm all for it, you know? Like just because the overall product isn't really my cup of tea, it doesn't mean that I don't want these guys to be successful. And if Chad Gable needs to be this kind of character to be successful, and I'm not saying he's bad at it, like I mean, he came across as a very annoying heel, which is the yeah. point. So, like, and then I was just kind of confused by the whole Otis thing, like with him him just in general. But like, you know, just like I said, it just is what it is. Like, I I I'm not even really necessarily like trash talking it it's just one of those things where it's like i watched 15 minutes of these guys doing a, a quiz you know what i mean and it's just like it just was what it was
2: come on the weed jokes you didn't care for the weed jokes in colorado
3: yeah i mean i like that stuff which is which is <laughs> which is funny though because like pg show but like they're really leaning into the whole like riddle smokes weed thing on tv but not like directly saying it i guess that's like kind of the loophole. Do they yeah. still do the thing where they test their wrestlers for weed and they have to pay a fine if they fail?
2: Look, if if they do, a lot of those guys are paying a bunch of fines. I'm pretty sure they just nix that. Sean, Sean's in the chat. He'll probably post right now that, no, everybody everybody's smoking weed backstage.
3: Well, I assume that most of them were, just, were and then they were just paying the fine. Like, it was no big yeah. deal. But if they are still getting fined for it, then it is kind of strange that they would use it in storylines to, like, you know
2: randy's but, paying the fine for everybody he just sets yeah. aside all the money he's like you know what i got a i got a five million dollar deal i could have made that six just set aside a million but all these guys smoke as much as they want yeah guy, randy Orton, the
3: goat randy orton yeah. doing 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 what needs to get done <laughs> um oh
2: wow oh, See, okay. sean, sean says i'll post something on fightful select about it next week i've been sitting on that story for a while sean with the weed scoops here
1: Gotta perfect
2: perfect
3: um but like, like i said that said i i'm the silver lining in all of this for me is that it's it could potentially elevate gable to a, a bigger spot in the company which i think he deserves and he's deserved for a long time i think between his athleticism and how long he's been in the company and consistently having good matches like when it matters um and otis i like you know uh, i think he's very athletic especially for his size the stuff that he can do is very impressive um And I liked him back in NXT too with, uh, heavy machinery and stuff. So like, you know, I, you know, it's just, I, I, I want to see Chad Gable utilize and if this is the way he's got to do it, it's the way he's got to do it. But I can say the same thing, just for what it's worth. I can say the same thing about Randy Orton and Riddle, like, cause they were also in this segment. I'm not like singling out. It's just the spotlight was Gable kind of in particular. So that's kind of why I've talked about him most, but, um, you know, it's just kind of it's just kind of corny. You know, it just is what it is. I mean, you know, and but it's okay if you liked it. Like, I'm not like gonna knock someone who liked this. There's plenty of stuff that I like. that people make, dude. I have a show about the Grossi every Friday. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I, I'm I'm used to taking shots for things that I'm into. You know
2: what I mean? So, speaking of corny, your spotlight is Dolph Ziggler in NXT. Yeah.
3: So my thing with Dolph Ziggler in NXT, and this kind of goes hand in hand with them having AJ there recently it isn't so much that I don't like the idea because I actually do like the idea of Ziggler and NXT, but my spotlight is kind of just this idea of just kind of how strange it is. In my opinion, that guys like AJ and Dolph, like they're just now letting them do this in NXT when for all these years, I mean, there was just dream matches upon dream matches that AJ could have had with people that never went from NXT to the main roster Dolph Ziggler had all these years where it was like, he's not getting utilized to his full potential. He should be a main event or he's the next quote unquote, Shawn Michaels, all this stuff. And there was like years of just lulls in his career where I remember all the fans talking about like, man, if he could just go to NXT for a while and like have matches with Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, you know, Hideo Itami, whoever was there at the time. And it's like, but it's like now he's there and it's like, it really feels more like a player coach thing to me when like they send AJ or, or Dolph there. It isn't really for them to, to like go there, to become the NXT champion. It's about them helping progress the careers of like somewhat green wrestlers that are like literally developing on developmental in front of us. If that makes sense.
2: It it, it does. And you're right that we have seen my God, the, the James Harden and, uh, the James Harden to the Sixers deal has been done. Sorry, that is <laughs> that has caught me off guard. Um, you're you're right that and it had seemed like for years that's what everybody wanted. And we saw Cesaro go down to NXT, we saw um we, we saw Balor go back to NXT, and that's what people people wanted. And they did it during when AEW first started, and they tried to tie it as a oh survivor series type of thing. They would send the main roster people to NXT. But it feels like they're doing this now, and I have listened to a lot of interviews with these guys. Like they are pairing a lot of the developmental guys with a lot of the um, with a lot of the veterans. We, we see it on the main roster with Shinsuke and Boogs. We saw it with AJ and Omos. Uh, you can kind of ga- uh Gable and Otis, kind of Riddle and Orton. Like they are. That's what they're they're doing. And so sending Ziggler to NXT now is a sign that like. The NXT of the past was just that was Triple H's his, his vanity project, his uh you know his territory. And so he could kind of get the guys that he wanted to get down there. But Vince wasn't giving up anybody that he really wanted to, to keep and had plans for. And Ziggler didn't have many plans. But now it is a thing of like, hey, let's utilize some of these guys uh, and send them down there to, like you said, kind of be like a, a player coach kind of deal.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're on the same page when it comes to this. It's just... Uh... I just kind of wanted to bring it up. You know, it's just one of those things where I, I hope Ziggler goes there and he can have some really just like kick-ass matches in NXT. Um, you know, cause I, you know, I, as much as I'm kind of still on the fence about Grayson Waller, I thought his match with AJ was really good. I, I, you know, and, and I think that Ziggler could, could do that for guys in NXT also. And and I thought it was the right idea for, you know, AJ to beat Grayson Waller. Cause you know, I don't think Grayson Waller is quite on that kind of level where he should be beating a guy like AJ, but same kind of thing here but i mean here's the other thing it i could also see a scenario where braun breaker beats ziggler in just like a really good match yeah um, but but braun breaker is kind of the exception because he's clearly the one that's being like chosen by you know the upper management or whatever as like this is our star we're trying to make here so i and, and i mean Bre- braun breaker's had what like 20 matches in his entire career um so I gotta give him credit where it's due. You know, I still think he has a lot of work to do, but I think that for only having twenty matches or whatever, he's he's fantastic for only having that little of experience. So I can maybe see a guy like Ziggler going in there because they teased the two of them, yes, um, with it on Tuesday. So yeah. I mean, I all signs kind of lead to me believing that they will do Ziggler versus um versus breaker and breaker will win but it'll be a really good match and ziggler will make breaker look really really good
2: i think i i think so too and definitely ziggler is a guy who could take that loss because like you said Z- i mean breaker he's their champion like you're, you're not going to have ziggler win the title or anything aj is a guy they've certainly protected for the most part on the main roster and like actually have plans for ziggler is he's dolph ziggler right like maybe he's on television maybe he's not he's in a team with bobby Roode, and again they're not really on television at all so to send ziggler down there to work with breaker he's gonna bump his ass off for him he's gonna make breaker look like an absolute killer and it's gonna hopefully do some wonders for breaker i'm sure they hope it pops the rating a little bit it's been on sci-fi like you can't read too much into that stuff but i'm sure that there is a hope for that to, and that's why they they do utilize uh guys guys like ziggler in this way. I like it though. I, I like that these guys can can show up because AJ talked about it uh, in an interview on on Out of Character this week. He's like, you know, these guys got to be prepared for the main roster and, and what's going to happen because these guys, unlike the the previous iteration of NXT, they actually it seems like they're going to probably have plans once they come up to the main roster. I mean, I think I, I think you like the the previous version of NXT. I love the previous version of NXT. They would just call these guys up, and it's like, oh, these indie darlings, these these uh, foreign stars. We don't really, we ain't really got these big plans for them. These guys now, like Braun Breaker, is going to be a star in the main roster. It seems like a guy like Carmelo Hayes probably going to be a star on the main roster. So for AJ Dolph and and potentially other people to go down there and teach them, like, hey, this is kind of how it is on the main roster as well. It's a good learning experience for them.
3: Yeah, when I I loved I love the original. NXT as a matter of fact I was kind of clowning with the the world titles earlier Um, How many belts do you have? I'm gonna have to uh I mean well those those are literally inflatables that I just showed you like that's I have nothing. like the i i hope but, i hope but you but have this the, is like... this is the real deal because i loved NXT. yeah like so y'all can <laughs> even say like oh you know what you're talking about you never watched wwe no like i love <laughs> nxt by the way won this from wrestleRumble.com. so oh um, there you
2: go check out our pals at WrestleRumble. rumble great people they, over there
3: because i actually won the nxt takeover uh pick contest for this it was um nxt New Orleans, the one that was a uh, Ciampa and Gargano headlined with uh the the latter match for the North American Championship and all that. That was uh that was this this belt right here. I love the original NXT. I think that uh I I I I agree with everything you're saying. You know what I mean? Like I think that it's uh I like Ziggler there. I think he's gonna have good matches there. I think he'll make Breaker look really good. And it really is one of those things where that is, I I completely agree with your um, kind of assessment of as much as NXT 2.0 is so much different than the black and gold NXT. It it does set them up for a better chance of success, how it's set up now strictly because Vince has his hand in this. So like, he's not going to take like, like Tony D'Angelo for instance like you know Vince is like he's seen that he's put that together he knows what that is so he won't change that when he moves to Raw or Smackdown whereas all of Triple H's guys on the flip side were indie stars that were just themselves pretty much just on NXT and then when Vince got a hold of them it was just a complete coin toss of like what's going to happen these people's careers and even though the the nxt the current 2.0 product isn't really for me especially consider like in comparison to the og nxt i think it's the right thing that they're doing to at least give give the current nxt guys and girls like a, a chance when they get to the main roster and they won't get everything changed you know when they get there so
2: you got to be able, I mean, it's like we talked about with Gable. you got to be able to do WWE comedy and WWE characters, right? We're, we're going to talk about him here in a second. But you look at Keith Lee from NXT, where he just got to be indie Keith Lee and everybody loved him, to WWE, where they immediately changed his look and his presentation, and then they wanted to be Bearcat. And it's like, you got to be able to do that WWE character stuff on the main roster. Now with NXT 2.0, they are bringing that to to the nxt and so when they come up to the main roster they won't have to they won't have to undergo any of these changes they will just already still be that character that they were in nxt they'll just be able to do that on the main roster
3: yeah well and most of them are going to be actual pc products going forward too that's a yeah. big part of this change is like i mean i could i could name probably 10 people off the top of my head that i know had offers from the wwe that were independent wrestlers that just said no i'm good like i'll take my chances on the indies or an AEW, and we see it happen so often with um people wanting to leave the wwe you know uh, you know just like trying to get out of their deals and stuff That it's like that's kind of why they have to do this too it isn't it isn't even just well it makes an easier transition from nxt to the main roster it's well i mean you kind of have to do that because now you have to make the pc work Cause that's where these people are coming from now. Like most of them are not going to be indie stars that already have experience in in a fan base. Now it's going to be athletes that triple H goes and recruits that come in and like learn how to wrestle. And then like from that, from the very start WWE will have a hand in, what their name is, what their move set is, the way that they wrestle, all that stuff, and it'll be kind of them holding their hand all the way up until they make it to either Raw or SmackDown. So it's just a total shift in just the whole philosophy of kind of how they do, how they're doing that, the whole system
2: right now. It is, and it's probably for the best as far as there's their, how they want to do their business. I mean, is it fully my cup of tea? Absolutely not. But you know what? If this is how they want to do their business. At least get it streamlined the way they have it now, yeah. and don't make any. Don't try to pretend to to be something else. They screwed up a lot of things when Triple H handed them these these indie people that could have been stars on the main roster at as uh you know if they were presented in a certain way. They didn't want to do that. Now the way they're going to do it is the WWE way of thinking. Will it work? We will see. They've run off so many so many of their fans and. I think they need a bigger shift of philosophy in the main roster. That's a different discussion. Uh, guys talking about the Harden trade and, and uh, Kevin Durant. My only comment on that right now is uh, fuck Kevin Durant. And we, <laughs> myself and SP3 will talk more about all the NBA trade deadline stuff tomorrow. Friday morning coffee, 8.30. 8.30 a.m. on YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbook. Let's speak about the uh, one of the guys that they screwed up on the main roster. I just mentioned him. The yeah. Bearcat. The Bearcat Keith Lee. Uh, made his AEW debut last night. It was kind of a not a well kept secret, I don't think. It seemed like most people kind of speculated it was going to be Keith Lee, and it was. He debuted against Isaiah Cassidy, defeated him, qualified for the face of the Revolution ladder match. Got a great, got a great reaction. He was Keith Lee again. Steven Jensen, no more Bearcat. He was just Keith Lee.
3: Yes, is this my spotlight or yours? Because we kind of we it. We're didn't re- really decide. It's we're doing, it's, yeah. it, it's it's Keith Lee and Jay White. Or the there there are yes. two AEW spotlights, so we're going to talk about those debuts. Starting with Keith Lee, um yeah, man. I mean, I've seen it a lot on on Twitter, and I know it's kind of a cliche thing to say, but. Uh, Keith Lee seemed like more of a star in a few minutes than he did in years worth of being in the WWE and he was treated well in NXT. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and like knock the booking of him in NXT. They made him, they made him look very strong there. He, he unified the the North American title and the world title and had very good matches. And like, they did handle him well until he got to, um, I guess it was raw, right? That, that they, yeah. he was bear cat Lee and they, They changed everything about him and told him to wrestle different and stuff. So when he got to AEW last night, man, he just got this look of like relief and confidence on his face of just like, now I can be myself. The fans popped big, even though a lot of people expected him, the fans were still really into it. And he immediately established himself as like, oh, nice. This is like, this is the real Keith Lee. He immediately grabbed um, Isaiah Cassidy and just – threw him in the air across the ring that's and so dude it was so good and yeah Cassidy got some offense in this and I, that's the only knock I've seen it all a little bit is like oh but I mean he like he knocked him over and like it wasn't like a complete squash match I guess but I thought it was even better this way because it really showcased kind of the range of you got like the full range of what Keith Lee is in a matter of like five minutes you saw that he can you saw that he's super agile. you saw he's super strong. you saw even after the match the way the way that he caught um Mark Quinn like he did the front flip over the top rope and he caught oh. him in a power bomb and then power bombed it on top of Cassidy then power bombed it on top of the apron. like that's good stuff, man. like Keith Lee immediately in one match seems like he's a legitimate contender for a championship in aew. so that's i i I thought it was a fantastic debut.
2: I, I did as well I don't have an issue with uh with Cassidy getting some offense in I don't think he should have Keith Lee should have come in to just like fully squash the guy people know who Keith Lee is right like you don't you're not trying to establish a new character here and, and a new like kind of killer We've seen Keith Lee have competitive matches throughout his entire career. you don't need to just have him go in there and squash Cassidy let your guy get get a little shine in there and Cassidy did that. So I had no problem with Cassidy getting some offense in. People forget with Keith Lee is we talked about he was like handed in WWE and then they they changed him. That moment he had with Roman, the moment in the Rumble, the way Brock reacted to him. He beat Randy Orton in like 13 minutes, maybe even less than that on pay-per-view. And like, that was when Orton was like the world champion or had
3: just either won or lost yeah, the title, right? So it yeah. was like, yeah.
2: Like he was, he was right there. And then fortunately uh, he, he got through, through COVID. I know he had a big health scare literally this time JJ says seven minutes. So it was even, it was half the time that I thought it was, um, it, you know, this time last year, he was going through a major COVID battle and, and thankfully he was able to, to get through that, but they, they had something in Keith Lee on the main roster, but he was not, he, he was not a WWE product. And so they changed him to Bearcat. And that is where, you know, I think that's what kind of people almost wanted last night. And what I mean by that is like, they wanted him to just come in and squash people and not sell anything, which is what they were sort of doing with Bearcat. Keith Lee, limitless Keith Lee, just didn't completely squash people like that on the Indies. He had competitive matches. And so that's what this was. And I was completely fine with that. Um, But he's he's a star, man. The people are going to definitely get behind him. They were already behind him. Uh, I think that whatever they want to do with him, he, he really is kind of limitless with stuff. People might knock the promos, but in in that system, I think his promos will be good. They will certainly improve as well. Uh, and I don't know what the future holds for Keith Lee. I don't expect him, honestly, to win the face of the revolution ladder match. I don't think he's going to win that. I feel like that's kind of Darby's to win right now to set up the the Darby Sammy program. Although they might just do that as a singles match at revolution, but Darby's also in with Andrade. They got a lot of irons in the fire with a, uh, with a, with a couple of different people. Uh, I don't think Keith Lee's going to win that ladder match though. Um, but I also don't think he's like going to be super far off from competing for that TNT title.
3: Yeah. I, and, and part of it, too, to be honest with AEW, is when when they have these multi-person matches, like whether it be like the the Battle Royals that they'll do or the ladder matches, a lot of the time the surprise entrant wins. Um, Kind of like, you know what I mean? And I that kind of feels the same kind of thing with Keith Lee almost. Like even though we know he's going to be in the match, it's like he seems like the obvious favorite to win now. And maybe it's just not the smartest thing just to like have him win that right away. Cause like he's not gonna lose any credibility by losing a ladder match because like no right. one's gonna pin or submit him. So <clears throat> he but he can still go in there and do incredible stuff. Like he'll be throwing people over the place and he'll probably jump off a ladder and like you know everyone's mm-hmm. gonna go crazy for it. I mean like there's there's a lot of really cool stuff I think I think he'll do in the match, but he doesn't necessarily need to win. Um it does seem like Darby is the favorite um as far as like where the storylines look like they're heading. Is there anyone else Announced for that yet because that was the first qualifying match, right? Yeah, Last episode,
2: pr- I do think by the way, I think we're going to get a surprise entrant in that match. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be, I think it's a day before because Revolution is early March, and I want to say it's uh, a couple days before like Jeff Hardy's non compete comes up, so I don't actually think like Jeff is going to be part of that match, but other contracts will have expired by then and i could see them holding off and, and the name that immediately jumps to mind to me is the yeah, revolution is march 6th jeff hardy's non-compete uh, comes up march 10th so technically i don't i don't think jeff unless he does get bought out of that uh can, can be in that match uh swerve is the name that i feel will be like a surprise entrant in that match to where you just hold off, his non-compete will be up. It'd be up by like two weeks or so by that point. Just hold them off for those two weeks and have that surprise in that match. They usually like to do some sort of surprise in that match. And I think Swerve is at the top of my list of who might be the surprise in that match.
3: I like that a lot. Um, I think AEW is going to uh, take Swerve and really make him like a, like a legit, star in wrestling like he's going to be i think one of the biggest names on on that roster it's going to take a second because like you know there's a lot of a lot of talent in aew but he's so good and he's so charismatic and he was so underutilized in the WWE, and the fans all know this so it's like dude i think he's going to be massive in aew like I, i think he could immediately be in the tnt title picture which this would this would put him in and i think he's definitely got everything it takes to be their world champion one day um you know, like he has all the tools, a, a thousand percent. So I love that idea of him being in that ladder match. And by the way, even though I just said a lot of the time the surprise wins in AEW, they don't necessarily dislike that. I just I just wanted to point that out. Like that, that just a lot of the time, the Joker card and the Battle Royal or the, the mystery person in the ladder match, they win the match um, just for whatever it's worth. But AEW does a very good job with their with their payoffs and and you know getting me to care and then like making it worth the time that i invested in it and everything so and then uh the other one man jay white what do you think about
2: him popping up so tony khan kind of admitted he butchered his own definition (laughs) of the forbidden door and he didn't get the jay white appearance until he said sunday so this came together very quickly jay white just attacked trimperetta and rocky romero as the young bucks and and adam cole were already beating them up uh in the parking lots or in the little backstage truck production area um and yeah jay white appears he helps out a little bit i don't know if there is a long-term play for jay white here because by tony Khan's own admission this was a very last second thing it could just be he showed up he might work a match and then that's sort of it. And he just sort of plays into the Adam Cole young bucks, Kenny Omega storyline of like the young bucks are very weary of what Adam Cole is doing with Omega being gone of like, Oh man, now we're, we're uh, you know, you're bringing in O'Reilly, you're bringing in fish. Wait, What do you mean you're bringing in Jay white? Like what, what's going on here? Like things are kind of disoriented without Kenny. And of course, you know, when, Kenny said he was leaving and Adam Cole gave the cleaner. I got this type of thing. We know there's the dissension there between Cole and Omega that's going to pay off at some point. I think this is more just something to play on that and not a long-term, hey, Jay White's going to be on our weekly television type of deal.
3: I feel the same way, especially with the promo or the, the segment where the young bucks were like asking Cole about this. And he was like, come on, y'all don't trust me by now. And it's like, yeah. Then the big, the big thing hanging like on everyone's mind is Kenny. Like that's the big thing is like, Kenny's eventually going to return. And when he does, he's going to see all these people that like, he's not really that cool with that are like in their group. And I mean, I think the big, the big story is going to eventually be Cole and Omega when it comes down to it with all this stuff. But then you're going to have red dragon and the young bucks involved. It's going to be really good. I, I'm with you though. I don't see Jay White being like a, a really long-term thing there. And he, for whatever it's worth, he didn't get the, the you know, AEW graphic like Keith Lee did last night. Uh, not that I expected yeah, him to, because I yeah, he's not
2: signed at all.
3: Right. Um, but I mean, that just kind of leads me to kind of believe even more, right. That it's just kind of probably a short-term thing. Um, I said it before and I'll say it again. It, it's, it's unfortunate that there's really no buzz for what Jay White and the Bullet Club are doing in impact right now, even though the show has been very good. I, uh, not a whole lot of people really talking about it, but it, in all honesty, him showing up in AEW, it, it just seems so much bigger than anything has done an impact. Him just showing up for 30 seconds in AEW had everyone like, Oh my God, it's Jay white. This is incredible. And now it's like, there's all these possibilities. He pops up in an impact and no one really talks about it that much. Um, so that just is what it is as well, I guess, at the end of the day. But what do you think they do here? Do you think it like, do you think we get Jay White and Kenny when Kenny comes back? Or do you think he's even like, like who, <laughs> like who they, does Jay White wrestle?
2: If they like Jay White, Jay White didn't even appear in front of like the live crowd last night. It was just right. a backstage segment. Unless he, unless he plays a part in Rampage. I've not read the spoilers, please nobody spoil it. Um, but dude, if AEW gets the <laughs> Jay White, Kenny Omega match after impact closed their <laughs> slammiversary show with that. Oh man. I'd be so mad. If I was impact JJ, JJ, uh, impact head of impact PR mentioned that, uh, you know, maybe Jay white brings in Chris Bay grills of destiny. I don't, I really don't know if they're going to go that far with, with, with that kind of stuff. I don't, I, this was so last minute that I don't know if there is like this, this big plan for it. Maybe Jay white does like one match in AEW just to, to do, the match like he teams with adam cole type of deal and then, and then that's like kind of it and then like jay white just says something to adam cole something like oh you know like i booted omega out like you know i kicked him out that was the end of kenny in in bullet club like you know you should have been the the rightful leader like you should have pulled that trigger or something like that maybe there's some, some moment like that between them i really don't think there is a very long a very long play with Jay White. I think we're going to see one match, like a, an interaction with Cole and White, to kind of continue to plant the seeds for Cole and Omega, and that's sort of it. If there's more, great. I love Jay White. I think he's fantastic. But that's where my expectations are at for him in AEW.
3: Yeah, when you, you mentioned it too with Bullet Club, um like they mentioned that in the promo last yeah. night, where Adam Cole's like, "When you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life." And I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do with this because them bringing up the Bullet Club doesn't necessarily mean they'll bring more members over, but it might, you know, like you mentioned Chris Bay. I I think he's been so ultra underutilized and impact for years. Like he would show up on AEW one time, have one match and like he'd probably double his fan base. You know what I mean? Like I, there's a lot they could do with that. It just doesn't have the same, feeling as even if it was just a few years ago and having the bullet club there. It's, it's just a lot different now, but I'm with you. I don't know. I, I really don't know what they're going to do or how long do it's going to be there. Um, but I do expect it more, more than likely. I think it'll probably be a pretty short term thing, but yeah. it made for a really cool moment uh, last night at the very least, just the idea that anyone can show up at any time. You know, I love that unpredictability.
2: It, it was great. I thought dynamite was, was very good last night. Um, we had a we had a super chat from from Nikolai who says between Tony's radio comments and his tweet, I felt more that Jay White was uh, rearranged plans and he was able to confirm uh, him for Wednesday. Maybe it's the start of something that was planned for later. I I don't know. I mean, Tony Khan did mention that you know he had to rearrange a lot of plans again by his own admission. He didn't secure Jay White until Sunday. I don't know if Jay White was ever a big plan when it when it comes to AEW, I think tony just wanted to to make good because he screwed up his forbidden door definition and so they they did jay white and i don't know if there was ever a a huge plan for him we shall see look if you have to fit jay white into your plans these are good problems to have right like i was like oh how do i make jay white work how do i make keith lee work like these are good problems to have as a booker when you're not worried about running for congress i guess
3: yeah, which it looks like that was false too. Like Tony
2: immediately came out and was like, "I don't know where you're getting these reports from." Coward! He should have been. He should have been in Congress passing all the bills and everything. Uh, you know what happens when you run out of bills? Tony Khan. Somebody in my my mention said like he he takes bills from other uh, other countries, the forbidden bill, and just starts passing them here in America. Imagine Tony Khan as a Congress person.
3: Yeah. I mean, who knows, man, that guy's already doing so much. I don't. I, I'll never doubt that
2: guy, but
3: yeah, I don't think he wants any part of that.
2: Uh, if, if AEW somehow gets uh, Jay White against Kenny Omega, despite that happening or starting sort of, it really started in new Japan, but then continuing and closing an impact show that's going to move over to, to my other spotlight. And this is FTR and Briscoes, which started in Ring of Honor at Final Battle, they've been cutting a lot of promos on each other on social media and doing a lot of interviews about each other. We had a lot of speculation after Final Battle that, oh, the Briscoes are going to show up in AEW. They were, they were backstage at an AEW show. AEW held a bunch of events in North Carolina. People thought the attack was going to happen there. Never came to fruition. I don't know when this match is going to happen. I don't know where this match is going to happen. I don't know if this match is going to happen at this point. Like, it's a Ring of Honor angle. FTR signed with AEW. Briscoe's are working GCW. That's another one. People thought that the FTR was going to be the the Briscoe's opponents for for GCW. Like, I don't know what's going on with this match. I don't think they can hold this off until April when Supercard runs. Like, I don't know if you can do this for another two months because by then – it feels like you've you've kind of missed the boat on it. Like it'll still probably be like fans are gonna go crazy for it. it it's the Briscoe is one of the best tag teams ever against FTR. Certainly one of the best tag teams today, and the resume speaks speaks for itself. Like I just don't know when this thing is going to to happen. Though, do you think they can hold off until SuperCard, <laughs> Jensen?
3: I mean, I think they could, but I I'm with you though. Like we're like I'm a little. I'm a, I'm a little worried that, like, like right now, even just a few weeks ago, it would have been, like, the perfect time to do this because, like, everyone was buzzing about the idea of that match. And I think it would still be a very big deal if they did hold off to WrestleMania weekend. But it, the, the real question, like you're saying, is not only when it's going to happen, but what company? Like, will they do it at Ring of Honor? Will they do this on AEW Dynamite? By the way, that Briscoe's match against Mox and Punk last night ruled. I mean, like the, yeah, FTR. The, Yeah. Sorry, what did I say? Briscoes. Yeah. F, F Sorry, F, FTR versus uh, Briscoes versus uh versus Mox and, and Punk would be fun too. That'd be great. But um, but yeah, sorry, I meant to say FTR. Um, FTR versus Mox and Punk last night was awesome. Um, FTRs they do such little things so good. Like just as small as when Moxley was out, he was like almost getting counted out. He got really beat up. He was on the floor at 9 he rolls in the ring and cash is immediately on him like i mean he doesn't give him any time to get anything in or move around the ring he's immediately on him like i just little things like that um i i feel like it would be the smartest thing for everyone involved if they did this on AEW because the most people would see it but i do personally hope it happens in ring of honor um because like you said the feud started there ring of honor really needs something like we're going to get Gresham and bandito, but we really don't know what else we're going to get on that show. And that's going to be competing with like all these other WrestleMania weekend shows. And all these fans are going to have so many different options on what to choose to to go to. And I feel like if you're marketing the Briscoes versus FTR, you have a way better chance of getting a lot of those fans to come to your show. So You know, I, 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 so as far as like me being a fan of ring of honor and wanting them to succeed with whatever this new version of them is, I hope that they get that ring of honor gets the match, but I just, I just feel like it's most likely in AEW for whatever reason. That's just a gut feeling I have. And I think that for one has the, you know, the most eyes And two, you know, like Tony Khan at the end of the day has to be the one to like put all this together. Like he, he has to, okay, this stuff happening with his wrestlers. And I feel like he'd probably want this on AEW. So,
2: I mean, he he's got to okay it, and then there's also the the politics involved in it. Like 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 it or not, one of these teams has to lose. Are you going to have an AEW team lose or beat the Briscoes on an ROH show? I, I I don't know if I would be doing that, especially it's it's the Briscoes. And then like you would think, okay, well the Briscoes could easily beat FTR. Does Tony? want to be like yeah the briscoes beating ftr i'm i'm not a fan of that you would think he wouldn't care because it's wrestling it's going to be a great match uh it shouldn't be a big deal honestly it really shouldn't like if the briscoes beat ftr it should not be a big deal but i don't know how the how how these things are are thought of like i just don't know if tony khan wants his guys to to go to these shows that is going to be seen by a lot of people and lose to, to an ROH team, even if it is the Briscoes. I just don't know how he feels about that stuff. So there, there's certainly politics involved when, when it comes to this kind of stuff. I think we will get it at Supercard. I don't know if it'll be as hot as it would have been, unless there unless something does happen on AEW television to, to promote it. But I don't think there will be. like They, they weren't playing ball with impact. On, when they had the deal where impact guys were were showing up and Kenny Omega was defending the title on their show and everything. Like, I don't know if they're going to have the Briscoes show up to promote an ROH show, uh, to promote a match on an ROH show. Um, so I don't know if that's going to happen. So by then really, all you're doing is you're looking at social media hype, which will, which will be good, uh, and radio hype, which will, which won't be bad, but Really? They're cutting the same promos. Like I I love the Briscoes. It is a lot of the same promos that they are cutting. We get it. They're scared. Tony Khan won't gas up the jet. I get it. There's only so much you can say when you can't, you you just can't do a whole lot. You you just can't do a whole lot when you're not actually like back and forth on the mic and you're just kind of cutting your own promos on social media and interviews. I will say I, it, it always pops me when I see like some
3: of these promos though, where, like Jay Briscoe was just super serious like yelling at the camera and marks in the background drinking Capri Sun or something Yeah, you know
2: what I mean I they're love tremendous. that stuff don't get me wrong these are tremendous promos the briscoes are great when they're on like busted open and stuff like it's great stuff but it gets it gets a little tiring and if you're going to try to do this for another two months it's going to i remember when the, the the god awful Enzo and Cass angle uh in ROH and and Tama was part of that G O D and the Briscoes were part of that as well. Like they were trying to do these social media promos on each other and it got old very fast. And I'm uh, God forbid I compare uh, Enzo his promo style to, to FTR or anything, but like it just got old very, very fast where they're trying to sell something that they didn't know when it was going to happen. And it just, it lost steam quickly. Like they were trying but but after the first month, it's like okay, you e- you either need to do this or stop talking about this. And we're going on over over a month now with these two. And if they're going to try to do this for another two months, it's like you you got to do this or you just got to knock it off.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, really, the only neutral ground they could do with BGCW, like we kind of mentioned before, that yeah. like you wouldn't really have like a, a strong bias on. AEW or ring of honor like depending on which show that happened on but i feel like if it was going to happen in gcw It would have been in hammerstein um so i just don't see that happening there at this point so yeah i'm with you like they i think they need to do the, do the match sooner than later um i guess if you had to make a bet right now like you had to choose one like where do you think it happens is it ring of honor AEW?
2: i do think they they keep this dragging until supercard that that's my that's my guess
3: that's my guess too i think that that's especially because the feud started there, you know, ring of honor has to have some sort of payoff for this. Now, granted they still would get the exposure of being, you know, heavily featured on AEW for that match. Like I'm sure they'd have to shout out ring of honor a whole lot and and address the the championships and all that stuff. But, but yeah, I guess at the end of the day too, let's say it does happen in ring of honor. Do you put the briscoes over FTR? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, And thinking about it, like, Maybe they can do two matches. Maybe one match happens uh, on AEW and then they do the rematch in ring of honor and then you can split them and then everyone might be happy with, with that agreement. And then you just, you let that sit that they, they split their matches and maybe they meet for a third time down the line at some point, but at least that way, everyone, everyone kind of walks away a little bit better. You, AEW kind of, uh, gives ROH some exposure by putting the briscoes on television ftr gets a gets a good televised win over the briscoes and then roh gets a big match for for supercard briscoes get their win back that would be i think if i'm looking at this from all parties that might be best case scenario for everybody and i don't know how they're going to, to figure out the logistics of all this
3: i, I like that though I, I like that whole scenario uh i also just for what it's worth a little outside of the box but i would like to see jay briscoe versus uh dax harwood also oh, like one on oh, one
2: fuck i thought dax was gonna wrestle punk one-on-one last night and i got very excited not to say that the tag team match was bad like you said it was an excellent tag team match but i thought we were gonna get dax and, and punk one-on-one last night and i was i was pretty pumped for that
3: yeah nothing against cash obviously or or mark briscoe for that matter but like dax harwood is like he has a future in singles wrestling. If they ever want to go that route, he's, he's super underrated, even though he, you know, people, people are seeing it a little bit, but he's, he's really impressed me as a singles wrestler. And then of course, Jay, you know, being a former ring of honor world champion and stuff as a singles guy, he has, he has that credibility already.
2: Yeah. Dax, Dax is, is, he's a tremendous pro wrestler. Jensen, your other spotlight for this week.
3: So this is for the other category once again, and I'm going with, so Matt Cardona is wrestling Trevor Murdoch this Saturday at NWA power trip for the national wrestling Alliance world's heavyweight championship. Now we were talking before we went live about how to our knowledge, this show isn't airing live. Um, You know, like it's going to be pre-taped for future episodes of power. So part of that leads me to believe that Cardona won't beat Murdoch because I think they'd want to do that on a live show. But on the flip side, and this is kind of the spotlight in the question, do you still put Matt Cardona over, have him beat Trevor Murdoch, let the buzz of the internet take over for a couple weeks of people knowing Cardona's winning the title so that maybe more people actually tune in to watch Power for free on YouTube?
2: I'd hold off. I would do this at... I would do they have they've have Crockett Cup coming up yep. uh, I think in April. Um I I would probably do it at Crockett Cup. I don't know what kind of finish you do on this. Maybe you do uh, some type of of DQ finish to set up the rematch with like a stipulation type of deal or maybe Murdoch actually like gets this victory and and Cardona claims he's a heel. You can claim anything you want to 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 back into a rematch here. Um but I don't I would not do this title change on like this taped show. Cause I don't think this thing's going to get, even if Cardona like wins it and everything being a taped show, I just don't think it's going to get the buzz that, that it would get obviously if it was, if it was a live show. And then as far as, you know, subscribing to, to NWA all access or watching the show on delay on YouTube, because it airs on all access on Tuesday and then it airs on uh YouTube on Friday. So y- you, you, there there is gonna be the delay when it when it comes to comes to being aired on YouTube. Like by that point, people have heard about it. If they have all access, they'll have watched it on Tuesday. Finally, it gets to YouTube on Friday. Maybe it increases all access subscriptions to, to watch it first run. I don't think that is gonna really be a thing either. I like doing my title changes and my moments live uh nowadays. I know arguably one of the biggest title changes in history happened on a taped show. And, you know, that that swung the the Monday Night Wars or changed the course of the Monday Night Wars. Uh, It is certainly different times. And nowadays, I would just prefer all my moments to happen live so you have that unpredictability factor. So assuming the show does not air live, which to our knowledge, we do not see it airing live, um, I would find a way to, to keep the title on Murdoch to set up the rematch. How about you?
3: Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Like, I'm with you as far as I think it makes the most sense for sure to have the title change on a live show versus a tape show. I, I definitely I definitely agree with that. I'm just thinking, like, maybe it's in their minds where, like, power just isn't getting very many people watching it. And they're like, maybe we can get, like you just said, the whole, you know, mankind, you know, winning the title on a on a tape show and everyone tuning in to see it and all that stuff. Um, but times are so different now than they were back in the late 90s, obviously. So it's it's tough. It's one of those things where I think Cardona should beat Murdoch for the title. Um, and this is nothing against Trevor Murdoch. I actually like him more than most of the fans probably do. I, I, I actually do like Trevor Murdoch. Um, but he's just not the right guy to be your champion if you're trying to create buzz right now in the wrestling world. Um, someone in the chat TVS promotions had asked how long Murdoch has held the belt. Only since August, um, at NWA 73 is when he won the title. Um, but I mean, I I think the Crockett Cup, like that's something to look forward to. That's gonna be a really good show. Maybe they put that world title match as the main event and like the co-main is you know the the finals of the Crockett Cup, something like that. That that could be really good, I think. I don't I don't love the idea of Cardona losing to Murdoch and then beating him, but I can see them doing it because they do it. I mean, Murdoch had—I can't tell you how many chances to beat all this before he finally did, but it was multiple chances. So once again, I don't love that. That's that. That like philosophy and booking in general, like Impact Wrestling, does that historically a lot too, where the you know someone will lose over and over and over again challenging for the title, and they'll eventually they'll eventually win it, and it's like that's cool, they got the W, but we kind of can't forget all the L's they took before that like your champion is now you know one in four versus the person that (laughs) they just beat for the title you know like it just it's just different so I guess at the end of the day I'm with you I think the most likely scenario is uh Murdoch defeats Cardona and then they run it back but ultimately would you agree with me that Cardona should be the next NWA
2: World Heavyweight Champion oh uh, 100% and and as far as like you don't even have to have cardona cardona lose uh i like jj's suggestion and and i'm gonna kind of twist that a little bit to continue the feud with mick foley somehow taking digs at his title win on a taped show which would be tremendous honestly um but maybe foley gets involved in in this and again you come up with like some sort of of dq finish because i would have since it is the crockett cup i would have this as the co-main event um or or, since Cardona is going to win the title um I would have Cardona's win as the the co main event, honestly, and then whatever the match is uh, this this week, I guess it would probably be the main event on that show when it airs on Power. I don't know, but I, you can come up with some sort of so, some sort of DQ finish to do that, and then Cardona they do the rematch at the Crockett Cup, and that's when Cardona wins. And I would probably co main event it and have the Crockett Cup headline because I feel no, they, they actually they headline with Aldous and Skrull uh years ago when when i went there i think that was the last one because the one before that got canceled but i would have the crockett cup just headline regardless uh, even if cardona is gonna win the title um but yeah i do think cardona should be the champion because of what he can bring to the to the belt as far as the, the social media presence. I mean, he said it. He's obviously playing things up of like this guy's got ten thousand followers. I've got two million followers. But you have Mac Ardoin as your champion. You're going to create more buzz than than Trevor Murdoch. Bless Trevor Murdoch for whatever he's bringing to that title. Which I know you like Trevor Murdoch. I don't think Trevor Murdoch's like a bad wrestler or anything. I think he's fine. It's twenty twenty i 2022 sorry i don't even i don't know what year it is even in 2020 i don't think trevor murdoch should be the guy holding your world's title all right two years later definitely don't think that
3: yeah no and i totally understand that i i think i need to kind of make it even more specific is like i think he works well for what the nwa is you know what i yeah, mean like i get it um but um by no means would i want him anywhere near like the AEW world title for instance or anything like that but
2: uh, could you imagine
3: oh yeah that'd be rough um <laughs> But, you know, and that's the thing we talked about a little bit last week, and I know we probably sound kind of like broken records here because we we talk about Cardona so much in the other category uh, so far that we've been doing the show. But it's because he's involved in NWA and Impact and GCW and like he's he's all over the place. And um, I will be talking more NWA soon because the closer we get to the Crockett Cup. I'm going to like, that will be a talking point for this show. Cause I have, uh, I have thoughts on teams that I hope are in the Crockett cup that are on the Indies that want in the tournament and have talked about it on Twitter. So there's definitely more thoughts I've got on, on the national wrestling Alliance going forward. Um, but yeah, we talked about it last week, you know, putting the belt on Cardona, isn't just a good look for the NWA to have him as your champion he gets all that crossover promotion. If he brings that belt onto impact TV or onto GCW and all the other stuff he's doing into AIW where he's, he's the AIW uh, champion, the extreme or the the absolute and world champion over there in AIW. So like he's all over the place right now. I think he's even, he might be the creative pro world champ right now too. Like he's got belts all over the place. So if he can parade around that NWA world title to all these other places, he goes, that's a big win in my opinion for, for the national wrestling Alliance.
2: We're gonna we're gonna get Matt Cardona on this show. He's gonna he's gonna be the the spotlight world champion. Should well. get we'll him on and pretend like we don't know all the stuff he's done. Man, So you got a YouTube channel? We where you, where you, uh review <laughs> dolls. What so cool,
3: man? Trying to be a wrestler one day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope to accomplish with these dolls that you have and that you talk about? Like what 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 if we just talk to him like we don't know what he's done since he's left WWE? You so got like, I've got props on props on
3: props today, bro. Matt Cardona, <laughs> I love you, man. I'm a, I'm a major mark, so I'm I'm just joking about the the doll stuff. I'm a I'm a collector too. My
2: my buddy is uh he sold Cardona like a Papa Shango figure or something. So <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, he's 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 involved with the the doll collecting that I know you love as well. I I can't I can't do it. I don't have that I, kind of money. I am not a collector, Jeremy i'm an investor okay Fair. there's a okay. there's a
3: difference. i'm just kidding i'm actually a collector because i unbox almost everything sean sean would be more of an investor than a collector because he doesn't open his ai his AEW figures um but i have to because like i got a sweet display over here that like it, <laughs> it just takes up too much room to keep them in the box but um i invest in nfts from dave and busters um that those are some those are some serious investments of mine but, you're um, about
2: to go full butters on us right now. Talking
3: about
2: your damn NFTs. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand them. I'll never understand me them.
3: either. You just gotta <laughs> buy them and just hope that they become something.
2: <laughs> I love that you invest in these things and you're like, I don't understand them, but you know what? I go to Dave and Busters every week and just drop a bunch of money on them. You don't even drop money, you're like, you like drop yeah. a bunch of tickets.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I drop very little money, but get a yeah. whole lot of NFTs and stuff. So
2: yeah, got another signed
3: football Bahama yesterday. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, that all said, Cardona he should be the next NWA World Heavyweight Champion. We we I all mean, agree on
2: that. Speaking of Cardona, our both of our indie spotlight has to do sort of with with Matt Cardona, and I'll, I'll start with I'll start with yours. Beyond wrestling, ninety day ninety one, uh, Cardona was on this show. And it was headlined by the former Oni Lorkin, Biff Busick, uh, taking on Slade in a no DQ match. I watched this, and like if you're not familiar with like Oni's work because you didn't see him a whole lot in in WWE, he was always a very good worker as Biff Busick in WWE. He was WWE eyes. Uh, this was a just a return to form for him on the indie scene. He was the first the fight tv feed sucked and cut off and so we missed part of the match at least i did did you did you miss part of this uh i don't oh wait no because yeah it was it was on IWTV also
3: i think i think they i think they dual streamed it okay Um, but i think it's still i think it still did have issue i can't remember don't quote me on that but i did but they they i know they immediately re-uploaded it like within hours of the show ending so like I didn't, I actually don't think I saw it live. I think I watched the replay like right after it aired live. So I don't think I really had any issues, but I saw people on Twitter complaining about technical yeah. issues.
2: Yeah, they it cut off the, the first portion of the match and then a, a little bit of a middle portion as well. But you got the gist of this match very quickly. It was an ODQ match, it lived up to that. Both men were, were bleeding all over the place. And Biff Music looked like he he just was ready to finally kick the shit out of somebody and get the shit kicked out of him. And he did exactly that with, uh, you know, doors were involved. Trash cans were involved. And, and in the end, music got the victory, but he is back on the independent scene. And I know you're fired up about that.
3: Yeah. I, I love it. I love his entrance bro. Him by Pennywise. That's like yeah. such a great entrance song and people can, can sing along with it. And like, everyone gets all hyped up. Um, if I, If I'm correct, I believe that Biff's final indie match was on Beyond Wrestling before he went to WWE. And then his first match back on the indies was Beyond Wrestling, which is kind of poetic how it all kind of worked out. And he was a big deal there, you know, pre-WWE. And even his WWE run, like, I, I feel like so many others, he was underutilized. But when given opportunities, he always knocked it out of the park. Uh, his tag team with Danny Burch, he's another guy. Like, I actually saw Danny Burch live at Glory Pro Wrestling in between WWE runs. Because I remember he, he had a run there and he got fired to let go or something. And he was he was on the Indies for like a year or so. And I saw him live then. And then when he went back to WWE is when they started doing the tag team with him and Lorkin and stuff. And I remember thinking the same thing about Danny Burch that I did on Only Lorcan. I was like, both these guys are so good. Like, they're just so technically sound. They make everything look believable. They can sell their asses off. Like, you guys are so good. But, but Biff in particular, he's going to be a force on the indies. Um, I think that he has all the tools that you would need to, you know, be in any company. Uh, I think he'd be immediately like a main event level guy in Impact. I think he could be a really, really good utility guy right away for AEW. Um, or he can just do what he wants to do on the indies. I mean, he'll be a main event level guy in any, any promotion he goes to. And it was smart to have him wrestle Slade in that first match there. Cause you know, Slade's over and he's this psycho who like, you know, he's hard to beat and, and Oni looked awesome against him and they both beat the hell out of each other. And, and really established that Biff music is back. And like, it's, it's, he's even saying it on, on social media and stuff. It's like, Oni Lorcan's dead biff music is back and now we're getting to see kind of the real him again so um i really like seeing that kind of stuff and and i think he's the kind of guy who's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder too probably like he knows he was in the WWE for a long time and he knows he was underutilized and he knows he was there was a lot of i mean at one point right it was like him and and birch and mcafee and and Dunn, and they were being pretty heavily featured and McAfee's really underrated, by the way, when it comes to his, his work in NXT as a wrestler and a manager, he did tremendous. But it looked like for a second that they were gonna really put Lorcan in in a big spot, and then they just kind of was gone again. Um, And I think he's gonna really try to really try to uh, make some noise on the independent scene now, and I'm I'm very happy. I'm I'm happy to see it.
2: I know I know he's uh, competing in Sixteen Carat for for WXW. Uh, I would be shocked if he wasn't on some PWG shows. I, I would be shocked if he wasn't on some some GCW shows. Um, I think WrestleMania weekend for him is going to be huge. I feel like he's going to be popping up a lot of different companies. WrestleMania weekend to me, and I, I could be completely wrong about this, but he seems like a guy that is just going to have a strong indie run. And maybe, at least to start, maybe down the line, he pops up in AEW, he pops up in Impact. The, R- the new ROH, whatever that might be, he probably fit in very well there. Um, but I, I don't see him as an AEW guy, largely because they have a lot of guys like him, like like Tony Nese is there, and they're not really doing anything with Tony. Jay Lethal is there, and I know Lethal just wrestled uh, on Rampage against Ricky Starks and everything. But like, these are guys that you're just like slotting in, who can have good matches, who you probably don't have any like major plans for. And only on- Biff that kind of fits that bill. Like, they have so many guys on that roster that you do have actual plans for. That I don't want to see him there, just like wrestling dark matches and stuff. I want to see him go on an indie tear, and I think that's pretty much what he has in him right now. And I think that's what we're going to see in in these coming months. And yet WrestleMania weekend for Biff music, that's going to be a name that you're going to see him a lot of places. You're going to see him at the top of a lot of, Hey, check out this match from WrestleMania weekend, him involved. And I'm, I'm excited for it. Cause like you said, he has that chip on his shoulder, leaving WWE. He asked for his release from WWE a few years ago and he wasn't granted it. And this was before the the McAfee stuff from what I recall. And like, he still, he had a good run like kind of after that and then he still got released. It's like, man, you gave him the run after he wanted to be released. Then you still released him. He knows he should have done more in that company. He was never kind of designed for the main roster, but he's certainly designed to just go on a tear on the independent scene.
3: Yeah. You know, another guy that's kind of was in his boat heading out to the indies that i think they should wrestle they should do uh biff versus buddy matthews that would be oh, a fire shit. indie match like yeah because yeah. those are two guys that have massive chips on their shoulders for like pretty much the same reasons and yeah that'd be fire
2: you might you might see biff in blood sport honestly yeah he'd fit in he really might, well yeah he might show up in blood sport i think indies get just get ready for a lot of like Biff music uh, WrestleMania weekend. I mean, I get ready for a lot of like Biff is booked for this show since there's about 5 million WrestleMania weekend shows. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Biff against Buddy Matthews would be tremendous MLW. We'll get on that at some point. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my other is Nick Gage, Nick Gage or Indy, sorry, Indy spotlight. Nick Gage getting that contract with GCW. Brett Lauderdale said that, you know, this might be the first and last actual GCW contract, Obviously, no one deserves it more than Nick Gage. We were all kind of wondering what was up with him after he had the Suzuki match at the end of last year. Disappeared from GCW uh, and then finally reemerged at the, the Hammerstein show. And, you know, people were wondering, was he going to be there? He put out that video, that cameo, where he said, like, nope, not on this show. Ask the owners why I'm not on this show. Uh, from what I have been told, from what I know, there there was an actual issue over his appearances and and money. I'm glad it is solved now. And I'm glad whatever that contract is, it's probably not enough for him for everything that he brings to that company, for everything that he does for that company, for everything that he does, you know, for himself, for that company. Uh, But I'm happy that Nick Gage is is getting paid, hopefully getting paid a very good amount by, by Lauderdale and GCW.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I hope so. Um, I mean, he's the face of that company for, for, uh, I was going to say for better or worse, That that isn't what I mean, because like he, he deserves to be the face of that company. And like, but it's uh, I guess for better or worse, meaning like if something did happen between him and GCW, it'd be really, really sad for him not to be there. Now that GCW is like the number three promotion in the U S you know yeah. what I mean? Like um, I love the idea of him getting this contract for a lot of reasons. And the main one is I've seen Nick Gage, live in person um i have friends that go to a lot of a lot of shows that he appeared on whether it be gcw or on the independent scene and what y'all don't see when uh, when this man goes and performs like once the 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 cameras are off and the the fans have left the building it it takes him like sometimes literally hours like i i know i had a friend go to a, a loco wrestling show in in texas And Nick Gage wrestled Sadiqa in the main event in a death match. And it took him two hours to get from the locker room, like back out to like, like meet the fans and stuff. Because like, he was just, he was so beat up. Like, I mean, between all the, the weapons that they use on each other and and all the bumps he's taking. And he looks like he's a little hard to just get around in general. Like you just tell the way that certain people walk, like that they're dealing with like lingering injuries and stuff. And, you know, And to know that he doesn't have to do that really anymore is huge. Like now, but what I mean by that is like, have to work all these indie shows in between GCW shows. So like with this contract, it really seems set up in a way. And I, and I read Sean's report on it and everything. Like I, I, I think that that's kind of the whole goal, right? Is like, we get access to Nick Gage when we need Nick Gage and we're giving him enough money so that he doesn't have to go out there and kill himself. Every weekend in between our GCW shows, um, and he can still make money and still. This is basically like, I mean, it's. I I just, I think it's a really 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 smart move for everybody involved. Now, I, I still think that Nick will probably wrestle the occasional indie um, outside of GCW. I'm sure, but like the fact that he doesn't really need to now is massive. Um, it's going to keep him healthier mentally and physically. And it's going to give GCW a lot more probably, I I don't know what was going on behind the scenes between uh, Gage and Lauderdale heading into uh, Hammerstein and everything. But if there was any kind of static or anything backstage with any of this, hopefully this resolves all of that, where it's like if you had any concern about me showing up, like I'm going to show up because I know I'm guaranteed a certain amount of money when I'm showing up from now on. Like if you don't want me going out there and, and killing myself on a Thursday and then expecting me to show up and doing another death match for you on a Saturday. Like I can't keep juggling this and be able to make both of these shows. So, um, so yeah, I, I love it. I'm very happy for Nick gauge. What a turnaround that guy's just made in his life in general. Um, If you, his story is well-documented, you can look into it. Uh, but yeah, good for them. And, and I don't, I mean, I like the idea of GCW giving contracts out for the sake of like, wrestlers making guaranteed money but i also like how gcw runs as just like a super indie and i and I, I know that brett said that this will be the first and last gcw contract but it just makes total sense for kind of where nick gage is in his career and everything that like he's the right guy to make this kind of deal with um i wouldn't if i was gcw for instance like I'm not saying I wouldn't sign someone like AJ gray or Effie to a contract. Like I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is like, they have, they have so many options to like be out there and be wrestling and be active and do all this other stuff. And also do GCW. Whereas Nick Gage, like he's going out there and he's doing a death match. And then the next week he's doing a death match. And the next week he's doing a death match. By the time GCW rolls around, they're probably thinking like, can he even make, because there have been times in the past year where he's had to miss shows, like he was advertised for, and he just physically could not wrestle because he was so beat up. Um, So that's that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I'm very happy for Nick Gage. He It totally makes sense that, they, that GCW would want to make this kind of deal with him.
2: A Gage, like you said, he's a guy, he's going to do a Nick Gage match, right? Like he ain't, he, he's not going to go out there. E- Effie and AJ Gray are great, but they wrestle a safer style than Nick Gage. I think literally almost everybody on the planet wrestles a safer style <laughs> exactly. than, than Nick Gage, considering even if they wrestle a high-impact style, they ain't using pizza cutters and light tubes and things like that in, in their matches. Um, so if it helps Nick Gage, obviously financially, and it does help him to where he doesn't have to make all these indie dates every single week and then uh, you know continue to put his body on the line the way he does, that is great. Because you, you said it, like what people don't see with Gage is, but they might hear, is he's very personable with all this stuff He stays late, he talks to all the fans He greets all the fans, he's very nice He's very giving to all this stuff That stuff also takes a toll after you've wrestled These matches and stuff When you got these meet and greet lines That, that you want to do, like you're trying to leave the building And everybody's still mobbing you And you want to say hi to everybody And you want to sign an autograph to everybody Like That takes a toll on your body as well Because that is time that you're not just going back to your hotel And resting and things like that Like that, that is just your personal time that you have to give up after doing these matches that you're not giving your body a break during that kind of stuff. So that, that doesn't help when you're Nick Gage and you just go through all of these matches, if they can limit that on top of limiting, you know, the dates he has to make because yeah, you make these dates. He goes to all these, all these different independent shows. He's doing that stuff at those independent shows too, because he's one of the biggest draws on some of these independent shows. So he's again putting putting his personal time aside to to continue to just meet fans and everything. And this is what people love about Nick Cage is he is so giving in that area. And I'm sure he will continue to be like that at the GCW shows. But if he can get more financial security with everything, so he can just get more personal time to just be like, hey, let me go take a nap let me go get let me go to the spa or something to, to <laughs> imagine kind of him at up. like a spa like oh, imagine great. him getting like his like nails done and stuff like... <laughs> that'd be tremendous yeah. that'd be... i didn't nick Sp- nick gage like spa day what do, What do you think nick gage thinks of like vlogs and stuff he probably has no idea what you're talking
3: about <laughs> he's like what's a vlog And he'd be like, would you just say to me
1: you know what I mean? like um
3: yeah. Well, and here's the thing too. I I think you're on the money with, with all your points. And I also think that that was part of the reason why they put the tag titles on Gage and Tremont where Gage, yeah. you know, Gage will still do his thing and still have the pizza cutter and still take some light tubes and some glass and stuff. But he can kind of like cut it in half because Tremont can also do all that stuff too in these matches. Um, and also just for, for what it's worth, and this is something I think people would would be interested in hearing about Nick Gage. I saw him live. This was years ago in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at the SCI, and it was in a high school gym. So they couldn't do. It was actually a believe it or not. It was a it was a high school uh, fundraiser for like the school. So all it's like all kids are at this thing, and I'm there. Nick Gage has his matches and he doesn't do any death match stuff. He's not allowed to. Cause it's a high school and a charity show and all this stuff. So, but he just has like a couple, I I'd say regular matches, but like he did a little bit of brawling, like through the crowd and stuff, but like uh, some chairs here and there, but like nothing like what he's known for in like the death match scene. And when that show ended, there was like lines to meet wrestlers and all of the kids were lined up to meet Nick Gage. Like, he didn't even have a death match or anything. It was just, like, the guy's charisma and the way that he, like, connected to these kids. And, like, he came out and he'd dab them all up and hug these kids and be like, yeah, but thanks for believing in me. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, like, what kept him going. He didn't even do a death match. And he had the longest line by far of of kids that wanted to meet him after the show. So just for whatever that's worth, I'm not telling him not to do death matches and stuff. I think he absolutely loves doing that kind of stuff. But he, I mean, he doesn't even he really need it.
2: to. Yeah, he said it a million times, like he does it because he fucking loves this shit. Like if you listen to a Nick Gage interview, like, he talks about like how how he admires like Bret Hart and all of these guys. And like he he's a very smart person, when it, especially when it comes to wrestling. Like he I'm not I don't know if he'd be the greatest technical wrestler in the world, but he does. He certainly doesn't need to just do these death matches because it sounds like the guys that he grew up watching didn't do any of this kind of stuff like he grew up watching and admiring like bret hart and everything he does it literally because he fucking loves this shit like bust the man that's why we love him but yeah he <laughs> he's a very very smart dude um and yeah his charisma is just absolutely off the charts to where he the way he connects with the crowd like there there's a reason for it like you said he daps up everybody he wants to give everybody a hug doesn't matter the, the age or anything like that he is like you know like, like you said, thanks for believing in me. Like I'm here because of you and things like that. Like they, they love, they love Nick cage, man. And he, uh, Joe Pearl says in the chat, I had kids running up to gauge after GCW emo fight, where he cut a promo and played emo music, no match. They love him, And he, made, uh, he took time for them, uh, the time for them back. And again, that's what he does. Like he wants to meet and greet every single person. And that's why people do love him. But when you do all those death matches and stuff, that is just personal time that you got to give your body a break from a lot of that stuff and i hope the gcw contract while he will still do this at the shows that he appears at maybe he just doesn't have to appear as many shows so he can just go to the spa let, let nick Gage take a <laughs> nap man nick Gage just wants the nap
3: <laughs> yeah like nakamura just wants to surf Gage yeah. just wants to nap <laughs> um and i think honestly i think that this is the last thing i'll say about it and um i know we got to get to our creator spotlight here in a second but um one thing that I think is underrated or people might not quite understand about Nick Gage and why he is so loved by so many of his his really loyal fans is a lot of it is he's so open about his own life yes. that fans feel comfortable going up to him and confiding in him what they're going through. And that's what's so powerful and why he's such an important piece, not just to wrestling, but especially to GCW. Because you can tell like when people are going up and, you know, he's trying to make his way into the ring. People are going up and hugging him and, like, saying stuff into his ear a lot of the time. And I know from being there live, it's people going up there and being, like, I've even told him before, like, you know, because I know his mom, uh, I think she passed away from breast cancer, if I remember correctly. And, like, so did my mom. And it's, like, well, I've talked to him very briefly before. I'm like, man, I've been through that. Like, and it's cool to see you you like representing for people that have that have been through this kind of stuff and people who have had, you know, rough pasts and stuff. I, I see it all the time, people going up to them and just telling them in the few seconds they have just being like, man, thank you for being out here and doing what you're doing. Cause like I went through this kind of stuff too. And like to see you overcome it, like it makes me think that I can overcome it, you know, like, and that's, and, that, and that's why it not only is gauge such a important piece because of his deathmatch match wrestling and because of, just how ovary is and stuff. It's like that connection. He has a better connection to, to the crowd uh, than maybe anyone I've ever seen from just like like a pure standpoint, like not just like, cause you think he's a cool wrestler on like a personal level. I don't know if I've ever seen, if you go to a, a show where Nick Gage comes out and his theme song hits, like the entire mood of everything completely changes. I mean, it's like, it's like the King has, I mean, he's literally called the King Nick Gage. I mean, like he, he shows up and it's all about him, you know, and it's it's a uh, it's a pretty cool thing. It's a it's a pretty rare thing. And uh, I think that partnership with him and GCW is it's it's perfect. And Brett's the perfect guy to be kind of, you know, in charge of what's going on here with him, too. I think I, I think they both have just a really a really unique relationship and um, they work really well together. So I'm glad they figured this out.
2: I said, Winnie Chu, give Nick Gage a pillow, please. Thank you. Uh, David Arquette sent him a mattress to <laughs> to use footage for for the documentary. So he's, he's got a king size mattress from David Arquette. I imagine it's a good mattress. I don't know. I assume Arquette's still getting like screen money.
3: Yeah, stuff. all that stuff. Eight legged freaks money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll I'll say this: this has nothing to do with anything. But uh, Kai brought it up in the chat. I've, I have watched a little bit of NXT 2.0 lately. And Wendy Chu is by far my favorite thing on the show.
2: <laughs> like, tremendous. I, what a tremendous looking character, dude! She is me. Like, she
3: <laughs> she sleeps all day and then goes to the arcade when she's not wrestling. Like, that's her gimmick. I was like, this is incredible. Like, so yeah, Wendy Chu. Like, I'm I'm all about Wendy Chu. I don't know if she can wrestle to save her life. I have no idea. I saw her move where she does like the little like you know. I was like, all right, I'm I'm here for it. So shout <laughs> shout out to Wendy Chu. Uh. Just like there's people out there confining in nick gage because they see the, the the someone they can believe in i believe in wendy chu and i believe in the <laughs> idea of of being lazy and sleeping in and only waking up when and doing work when you absolutely have to and then spending all the rest of your time
2: at arcades i love it i wish i i wish i could believe in that idea i'd love to i'd like to believe in that unfortunately got too much other other stuff to joel, do joel
3: i know she can wrestle by the way i'm just i'm just
2: <laughs> come I'm, on joel it's joel, you know I'm, <laughs> kayfabe here. I'm trying to just bring some entertainment here right? jesus joel pearl ruining everything as usual <laughs> joel is does guys we're gonna get to our creator spotlight we got kieran from uh, Wrestle In, we talk about uh, a lot of New Japan pro wrestling, his dealings with uh, New Japan, and posting gifts, and how they they hit him with some some copyrights there. Uh, how Wrestle in started. We give a shout out to the goat Molly Bell on on the uh, during the interview and his, his uh, New Japan podcast Noob Japan, different interviews that he's done. So we're gonna get to that in just a moment. Uh, we recorded this on Tuesday. Um, I have to pull this up. This is always the, the most aggravating part is like trying to pull this thing up. So it doesn't seem as smooth as it probably should be. Y'all are going to uh, watch
3: but... me grow my beard back. In, yes. In, immediately. That's it.
2: You will see, you'll see a different Steven Jensen. All right, everybody, here we go. Kieran from WrestleIn in our creator spotlight. Welcome back everyone to the spotlight. It is time for our creator spotlight. And with us from wrestling, Karen RH, Karen, how you doing, buddy?
4: I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for so glad for you for having me on.
2: Uh, we appreciate you joining us, man. I I was telling you off air. I'm a big fan of, of your work. I love the interviews that you do. I always try to make it a priority to listen when you drop them. Get some get some articles. I love what you guys are doing at WrestleIn with the not the news stuff. Uh, you're just putting out opinions, and then you've got the the New Japan podcast as well. But tell everybody kind of what what you're doing in the wrestling media space here.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's so many guys that are so good at the news content, obviously yourself being at the top of the top of the food chain. Um, so, you know, I just, I knew so many talented people within wrestling that, you know, were good writers, good talkers, they had great opinions. And it was just really creating a space where they could share those opinions. You know, they, I, I don't want to start listing names because I'll inevitably forget someone that I work with. But um, it's just such a diverse group of people with such a varied wrestling opinions. They watch so much different wrestling that I just wanted to provide a platform for them to get their stuff out there.
3: <clears throat> no, where, where did you find those people uh, that you brought on to, to do wrestling with you?
4: So we were part of a website before um, and things kind of went south. Uh, I will pointing fingers, I'll mention any names. But, um, you know, some of us knew we had a good thing going and we all got on very well. And it's kind of like, OK, we want to keep this momentum going. Um, and I kind of just took the reins and said, OK, let me try see if I can create a website. How difficult can it be? And it was obviously a lot more difficult than I figured. Um, and then the team just grew slowly and slowly. Like some people reached out to me because they followed me for like you know things like gifts and stuff like that. And then it was you know you've got people like Ryan Dilbert who's been part of the wrestling community for so long and he's such a talented writer and he knows so many people. And it just kind of uh, barrel rolled from there, and the, the just kept on getting bigger and more and more people wanted to join.
2: And you've got the the goat Molly Bell, who was written for for wrestling. I I mean, people who don't know about the the stuff that went down elsewhere. I was really happy that Molly was able to just find find a home with you guys, and now find a home on on Fightful, and now Wrestle Talk. Um, as as far as I, I do want to ask about the the name Wrestle In because I love it for for two reasons. One, it is Wrestle In as an inn, like a bar and a tavern, and then Wrestle In like wrestling but no no g so how did you come up with with that name
4: it's literally i was sitting here like you know you've got wrestle zone you've got wrestle there's just so many things that start wrestling i was like okay we need something that obviously makes us sound wrestling and then it was just putting words at the end and i was like wrestling you know wrestling something wrestling this wrestling that and i was like wrestling 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 i think i was saying Wrestling so much that it stopped sounding like a word. And then I said wrestling. And it's funny you mentioned Molly because she was integral to the building of wrestling. Um she was the first person I was bouncing ideas off of and she loved the name. And then I put it to a few other people and they liked it as well. So we just stuck with it.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, Molly's great. It's really cool that uh that she's getting work all over the place. Um <clears throat> how uh how long have you watched wrestling? Like so like to to get into it to where you want to uh to cover it like this.
4: So probably from like out of the womb, I've got an older brother um, by five years. So, you know, I grew up watching what he wanted to watch and he wanted to watch at the time WWF New Attitude Era. So I watched WWF New Attitude Era. Um, But then, like, you know, in my later years, uh, as I started to dive into it more, I discovered New Japan and fell in love with that and then discovered this whole other world of wrestling that didn't know existed outside of America. Um, And then, you know, it just became... It was a hobby, obviously, just watching wrestling. Then I started getting involved in the in the community, on Twitter and things. I learned how to do GIFs. And then I realized, you know, I, I've always enjoyed writing as well. So I started off as just writing yeah, features for whoever I could. And then it just kind of went on from there. And then, um, you know, it's an excuse to express my love for wrestling at the end of the day
2: you're you're big when it comes to the the new japan a lot of your interviews have been new japan stars you've got the the noob japan podcast and you mentioned gifts i imagine you've dealt with new japan there uh in in some instances what what has drawn you to just just new japan in general
4: i think so my first experience was then was i was in an independent show um and shinsuke nakamura was there as Pro, and uh, shinsuke nakamura was there and i'd never heard of new japan before And he had this aura about him that just instantly drew me in. You know, he makes his entrance in his red leather jacket. He's kicking his his feet. He's got the awesome entrance music at the time. Um, And I kind of just fell in love with him from there. And then the thing that stuck with me was just how obviously different it is from the American production in terms of, you know, my favorite wrestler is Shibata. And obviously his whole gimmick is that he's pretty legit. And if he's going to hit you, he's going to hit you. Um, And I saw his match with Ishii at Wrestle Kingdom 9 or 10. And it was very much, okay, I'm going to, like one of them would sit down the other one would kick them in the back then they'd switch positions it was just let's see who's the, big, the bigger badass and i'd never seen anything like that before so i fell in love with it and then you know discovered Noah and discovered old school old, all japan and it's just this very real hard-hitting stuff and i'm like it, it's really what gets me in wrestling as opposed to i love all the wrestling but i'm more of a stiff guy that sounds so wrong <laughs> i enjoy the stiffer wrestling more than say the high-flying aspects and things like that <clears throat> you mentioned
3: two of my favorite new japan wrestlers of all time nakamura and shibata um how what what's your feelings been since shibata has come back he's like testing the waters like it looks like he's going to make a full-on return but he's kind of like easing his way back into it
4: yeah i mean when he showed up unannounced at a g1 and uh, had the little five minute thing with zack save jr I was literally on my sofa watching it by myself, no one else was home and I was crying my eyes out. And I've never reacted like that to anything in my life before. Um, so it's just like a, a dream come true. Like he, It's amazing that it's happening. Like He should never be even teaching wrestling. He's lucky to be alive, obviously, let alone five years later to come back and have a wrestling match. Um, so, of course, I'm concerned as a fan that loves him so much of what he can and can't do, but nobody knows it better than himself. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to enjoy it whilst I can, the fact that he is back and that he is somehow miraculously wrestling again.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's, it's been so cool seeing him back. He was one of my favorites before he left. And he's one of those guys who had, like, this long career uh, beforehand and then, like, really started blowing up around the time that you're talking about. Like, he he was, like, a uh, like young boy all the way through. I mean, he had an MMA career, too, a short MMA career uh, at the beginning as well. So it's, like, I've been it's been really cool to see that as a fan uh, for me too and, and with Nakamura any thoughts on like kind of what he's been doing the last few years since you know he's been with WWE but obviously they're in style but like you know like a lot of people say he's getting he had a really long career also did some MMA and all that kind of stuff and now it's like to me I just feel like okay it's cool like he's getting paid a lot of money he gets to like he gets to wrestle in front of you know a worldwide audience with the WWE so I really don't have it, a problem a problem with it but i know a lot of like hardcore nakamura fans are like this isn't the real
2: nakamura
4: yeah no i think i'd agree with you everything 100 you just said um admit i don't watch WWE at all i think the last yep. i i flew over to orlando for wrestlemania 33 and i think that was kind of my last hurrah um i don't really think i've watched it much since uh so i couldn't tell you what nakamura is doing or has done since um but yeah no i agree i love nakamura he he was a different animal in new japan compared to what i than when I was watching him in WWE. Um, but yeah, I agree, like, good on him, you know, make his money. He seemed he said multiple times that he's probably gonna go back to Japan at some point. I think he wants to finish his career in New Japan. Um, so you know, there's no, there's nothing wrong for wanting to test himself on a grandest, the biggest stage and to test himself in front of a worldwide audience.
2: Nakamura gets to surf. That's the thing, that's right? The that's, meme, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the meme. That's 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 what he wants to do. WrestleMania 33. Jesus, I, that was Roman and Undertaker. Mm. Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. I was at that also. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, so I might was... the Hardys came back. Yeah. yeah, that was
3: awesome. That that place went. That was one of the biggest pops I've ever experienced live. Like I was at WrestleMania 30 also. Like when when Danielson won the title and everything, and like that Hardy pop was like comparable to to like the WrestleMania 30 Danielson thing. And that that was awesome. But then. At the end of WrestleMania 33, you know, we're all led to believe the Undertaker is retiring, and that was what, like the whole thing was based around. And then when he came back, I just felt like I was just kind of like we were all just kind of cheated that night, you know.
4: And the match wasn't even good
3: between Roman and Undertaker.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, it really wasn't. I mean, that's one of the uh, detriments why I kind of moved away from WWE. Is just you know, something like the Undertaker, they don't seem to just respect the history in a way. I suppose like you got a guy like Shawn Michaels had a perfect retirement and then he came back and tarnished it with that Saudi Arabia match huh. which you know even I saw and I don't watch WWE just because of how much controversy there was surrounding it um whereas you get like not just New Japan but the Japanese promotions in general they in like use their history to progress their future in their current and they'll you know harken back to it and everything
2: Karen tell us about the uh the new Japan podcast and what you're doing with that
4: yeah, so the idea is I wanted to get some uh, content out there where I could speak rather than type. Um, and obviously, podcast is the easiest outlet. And I didn't want to just have a, another podcast where I just talk about what's going on in wrestling. There's so many people doing that, and some of them are really great, some of them not so much, of course. But there's a lot of choice out there if from what you want to listen to when it comes to something like that. So I wanted to offer something a bit different. And I know you know Japanese pro wrestling has been more accessible and uh, more enjoyed by Western fans than it is now, but it can be difficult to get into still. Like this, a whole new roster of people that you don't know their names, their moves, who they are. The factions are a big thing in Japan, so I wanted to kind of offer a uh, an introduction to that. So each episode just focuses on a wrestler. Uh, there'll be someone on that knows a lot about the wrestler, and someone on that tends to know not so much about the wrestler, and the two just have a discussion. Someone you know, like try and teach each other like a teacher and student and explain you know who this person is and why they're great and why they should check them out. Um, I had Chris Dickinson on a podcast and he spoke about Shinya Hashimoto and uh, he spoke for an hour and he could have spoken for 10 hours. Um, His love of professional wrestling especially in Japan is I think it's unmatched but yeah it's really just an outlet and an introduction for fans to discover some new wrestlers.
3: <clears throat> yeah i think you do a good job of that mentioning chris dickinson uh i saw on your uh your page You also got carl fredericks alex coughlin uh those kind of guys who i know it's <clears> usually <throat> excuse me mainly from uh years of watching them on the independent scene but of course they do stuff with new japan as well and some of these guys like dickinson it's been well documented that covid like he was gonna he had a lot of eyes on him going into wrestlemania uh weekend 2020 and that was going to be a big breakout year. Since then, you went to Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan Strong, all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess uh, what's what are you looking for when you're looking for like interviews with these guys? Are you are you just trying to find like anyone with any link to New Japan that can just give you any kind of perspective on it, or, or kind of how do you choose who you're going to interview?
4: Yeah, I mean, I obviously want to speak to people that I can comfortably speak to. You know, they, I'm sure there's people that uh, would be more than willing to do an interview, but I don't want to phone it in and be doing, you know watching matches for the first time of someone I haven't known, I want to have a genuine interest and in for that to come across in my interviews. Um and New Japan is my bread and butter, it's what I know, it's what I love. Um it's what I have an interest in. So I can have a genuine conversation and be excited about speaking to these people. Whereas as much as I would love to speak to someone from the independent scene, I might not know them and I don't want to, you know, them to mention something and I'm stuck in the mud because I have no idea what they're talking about. Um so it's really just speaking to people that I can comfortably speak to, and obviously I want to speak to, and that just happens to be New Japan.
2: Is there is there a dream interview for you? And let's say we can use a translator here for, for some of these. I mean,
4: I would joke that I wanted to interview Juice Robinson just so that I could ask what um, his entrance music says at the beginning, if you know his <laughs> entrance music, like no one
2: knows. <laughs>
4: but a more serious answer would probably be Shibata, of course, just because, as I said, he is my favorite um, when he does the interviews that are translated into English on new japan's website he just has a mind for wrestling like seemingly few others do um i'd say the same about minora suzuki as well he always has this great insight but yeah no i'd definitely put shibata on the top because you know he's had his career he left new japan he's done mma he's had these ridiculous matches like against akiyama where they just batter each other um and then he becomes a student a teacher and you've got these great wrestlers that he's training up in the la dojo to now coming back i think it's um it's a it's a story you can't really make up, which is often the case in progressing when fiction blurs into reality. But um, for him more than anyone, yeah, I'd love to speak to him.
3: Yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> I remember like years ago, I can't remember exactly who all was living together, but I think a one time years ago it was like Shibata, Danielson, I think like M- Leonardo Machida, uh, from the UFC. They were all like living together and training together, like, you know, 15, 20 years ago and stuff, which is just, so wild to think about. It's just cool to be able to bring that kind of stuff up with, uh, you know, because a lot of the newer fans probably just don't even know a lot of this history. Um, I got a question for you, Kieran. So we got Wrestle Kingdom um, and all that stuff. Like, who, who who, do you think, I guess, at the end of the day, if if, if it was up to you, who would be the New Japan, uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion? Like, who do you think is the best person right now to, like, fully represent that company?
4: Okada. I think it was, it had such a, messed up start of course ibushi no one wanted it for a start and then (laughs) the the burden is put on ibushi and then ibushi loses it straight away to osprey which i never saw coming and osprey gets injured and then shingo takes the title and shingo done exactly what was needed he had a steady reign he was putting on great matches but it was overshadowed by okada bringing back the old title and osprey had the title as well but it wasn't a real title yeah but he never lost
3: it but it was all confusing yeah
4: exactly exactly. All, all that rubbish um and you just needed someone to cut out all the crap and say, okay, this is your champion. You've got this one person, that's it, job done. And, you know, considering who Okada is and everything, there's no one better for him than that. Uh, You could argue, you know, Tanahashi maybe, but just in terms of, you know, Okada is clearly the face of New Japan and will be, has been and will be for a long time now, whereas Tanahashi's obviously kind of had his time in the sun. And whilst I'm sure he'll be up there again, he's obviously on the downward trend now.
2: Karen, say something nice about EVIL. (laughs)
4: <laughs> That's tough, isn't it? He, he,
3: might, he might be the least popular New Japan champion ever. Like, like nobody seemed to be down for that title, I, I myself included, uh, especially when for all these years it was like, if anyone is going to break out from these guys, it's going to be Sonata. And then like they went with Evil first, and everyone was like, wait a second, why are they doing this?
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I... I, 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 I <laughs> It is just horrendous, isn't it? Like <laughs> yeah. it's the thing is he can like the match with Ishi at Wrestle Kingdom, like you know, it starts off fine, like, it's back and forth and everything, and oh, then it's uh... just Dick Togo jumping and then you draw jumping, and then Show jumping, and the referee takes a bump and then the referee takes another <laughs> bump and then the tight, you know, it's just non-stop and it's not the fun kind either, you know, like when a company goes all in on it and there's just loads of interference and everyone saves each other and stuff, that can be great fun, but it's never fun with evil in the house of torture. <sighs>
2: it's it's awful i mean i know the pandemic didn't help new japan but man, when they put that title on evil it just interest got killed for a lot of people uh, my, myself included uh my last one here for you your, your interviews are called a drink at the end do you encourage your guests to to drink before or during the interview
4: i always want to but i never <laughs> want to be like you know <laughs> say if you're, if you're, like, to Alex Coglin be like, uh, OK, so for this interview, can you please be sat there with you know a bottle of beer or something like that? <laughs> I don't impose that on them. Um, I think ideally, you know, uh, I'm, I've got Rev Pro as my local independent promotion. Um, so hopefully eventually I can do something in person and I can buy the drink for them, which will be <laughs> a lot less awkward than me saying, OK, can you go spend five pounds and get yourself a bottle of beer for this interview, please?
2: <laughs> I would imagine some of them. Guys- got one in the fridge they could they could just go grab come on now oh, yeah, right.
4: yeah 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 you're not wrong but um <laughs> yeah i don't want to physically make them have to do anything more considering they're being so generous with their time to do an interview
2: very fair very fair
3: i uh, just wanted to point out real quick the biggest disappointment for me about the whole uh ishii and evil thing was the fact that that was what ishii had for wrestle kingdom i was like because that dude deserves so much better here ishii is like one of my favorites so like to, that, that was a bummer um that said kieran what is what one, one of or a couple of your favorite matches ever it could be new japan it could be really any any company but like what really steps out six out to you is like your favorite matches as a fan
4: uh one of them so i've been to luckily enough to be going uh, lucky enough to have gone japan four times and the first time I went was uh for the g125 um and the final night a block was tanahashi versus aj styles mm. and the winner would go on to the finals um and i think both of them have said they think of it as one of if not their best match uh and it was my first new japan show as well and i'd never experienced anything like it so i always have such high i i i think of that memory so much um, and hold it in such high regard. But in terms of just something I've not been there for in person, it's probably uh, I love Yoshiro Takeyama versus Kenta. Uh, I couldn't tell you the date or year or anything, but basically Kenta is in his prime being a little dickhead, uh, just winding up the veterans, being as much of a prick as he can. And um, Takeyama has enough and just starts throwing punches and like kneeing him in the face. And it's very brutal, but it's like 13, 14 minutes. It's just a sprint, a, a car crash, and it's just absolutely it's like one of the things i would show to people when they say uh why do you like wrestling it's not real and i will be like just take 10 minutes and watch this please
3: it's funny you bring that up because sometimes i've told this story on like different podcasts and stuff but like <clears throat> sometimes i'll get a random message from like a girl i'm dating or something and they'll be like hey I'm watching Monday Night Raw like this is you like this and I'm like well no like I'm, I'm like you here and I I've, I only watch the WWE pay-per-views and that's just so I have some sort of idea of what's going on at the company but I haven't watched Raw and I couldn't tell you how long same with SmackDown but it's one of those things where like it's 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 interesting from like a casual perspective or just like not even casual just anybody who doesn't really know much about wrestling Everyone associates wrestling with WWE like they would like McDonald's and fast food and like Coca-Cola and and soda and all that stuff. And it's like, (laughs) it's it's interesting hearing you say that just because I've been through it myself where it's like, it's like, yeah, I I love wrestling. But like, that's not really what I'm talking about. Like, if you watch New Japan, I I tell people watch watch TBS on Wednesdays. That's really more kind of what I like, Uh, Mm -hmm. New Japan, independent stuff, IWTV, like GCW. And like, that's the stuff I'm always pushing people towards. And then every now and then someone will hit me up and be like, dude, you actually like wrestling? I'm watching on Monday right now. And I'm like, dude, that's not the same thing as what I'm talking about.
4: Yeah, no, it's so much easier to sometimes avoid the conversation and having to explain like, you know, WWE. Yes, but there's also thousands and other wrestlers and hundreds of different promotions that are doing so much better stuff than this billion dollar company.
2: Yeah, I was, um, one of the kids was asking me, like, oh, do you watch? Do you like WWE? AEW? I was like, you know, there's like a thousand promotions out there that I have to write about and cover and everything. <laughs> there, there's really, there's so much wrestling out there. There is something for everybody. And yeah, if you try to explain to people uh, that WWE, that WWE is wrestling, it's a, it's a long conversation, a very long conversation. Kieran, let the people know where they can find you at.
4: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at kieranrh2 because New fan suspended my first one. <laughs> and
2: uh of course and you can make- so, okay okay, okay. I, I do have to, sorry to catch you off. i gotta <laughs> yeah. ask like did they just hit you with the dmca and then that's just like it you don't have any type of retort or anything like i don't know yeah. how that works but i know a lot of people have been hit with it
4: yeah so you get uh like strikes and it will take mm-hmm. down your content and you can dispute it but it's nigh on impossible to actually do so uh but you know it's pretty fair to be honest in that you get so many before they suspend your twitter account so I had gotten quite a few and I was like, okay, I don't want to lose my Twitter account. I've got a good following here. I've worked hard to get this. Let me stop posting stuff from New Japan World. So I was posted and the, the final straw that comes back is I posted a screenshot of backstage comments, which I took from YouTube and TVSR. He hit me for that and said, I took it from New Japan World, which really pissed me off, obviously, um, <laughs> because, you know, the subtitles look different. It's all different. It's very clearly taken from YouTube, not from New Japan World um and you know i responded to twitter and said look there's clearly proof here's a link to the video from their website here's a link to the video from youtube and uh like six eight months later i didn't hear back so i responded to my query and it was like your case has been closed um you're not getting your twitter back basically
2: so yeah They, i know they have been big sticklers on that and it's pissed off a lot of people and i don't think that's helped them in terms of like growth in america now they post their own gifts and stuff but they're a little behind on it, and it's so weird to me because like the Osprey Ricochet stuff blew up so big, and that was what introduced a lot of people to New Japan. So for them to go about and do this, and Raku Romero said like, or and Kevin Kelly have been like, you know, we're working on it. We want to make this correct, and then like nothing really kind of came of it. I imagine it's way above their pay grades.
4: Yeah, they are. I I've spoken to them guys myself and some others, and they are working on it. To be fair, but I think that the cogs just move slowly in Japan.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate because usually you wake up you see all these gifts from new japan and they're just they're not there anymore uh all right apologies go ahead and <laughs> let everyone know where they can find jack Kieran.
4: yeah uh, at kieran r h2 again and then uh for WrestleIn, it's at wrestle in i double n and yeah we've got uh we have daily features almost and then we've got a couple of podcasts We've got new japan myself and then ryan dilbert has flight of five where he will have a guest on and they'll just talk about a variety of wrestling topics and pick their top five whether it's you know their favorite wrestlers or something as silly as uh, their favorite performances from wrestlers in the films is a recent one and of course you know that's got guys like Roddy piper are on there for they live and andre the giant for princess bride of course
2: everyone go go check it out wrestlein.com, go follow karen karen want to thank you for joining us here on the creator spotlight guys we'll be back in just a moment back everybody you're here get this off screen there we go jensen yep (laughs) you look like you're bald now like
3: how crazy is that i know i I tied my hair up it's amazing how much warmer you get when like your hair is like covering or anyways (laughs) um but now you're seeing like the light coming through I try to get it dark in here for the payoff on whatever you're trying to do here to close the show off. Well,
2: what, what I'm trying to do is, so apparently uh, right now on YouTube.com slash Fightful, or not right now, but in four minutes, uh, there's a cat cast. I don't know what this is. It is it is Jimmy Van and, and Sean Ross Sap doing something with cats. And so I asked you if, if you had a cat uh, and you have a glow-in-the-dark cat, that you were going to try to make glow in the dark for us.
3: Yeah, sure. So I have this little, uh, I don't know. So it's not on. Now it's on. Now it's just start changing colors. But you can't really tell because it's too dark. Look, there's so much. I have my blinds closed and there's too much light. But anyway, this is the closest cat related thing that I have. This is it. I don't have, you can see it kind of changing colors there. It's kind of you can see below. it. Yeah, you can see
2: it changing colors right there. Yeah. Jeremy, guess where I got this? I'm assuming David Busters. Hell yeah! There you go. <laughs> I I have my pal my pal Lygia here. Let's say hi to Lygia. She will not be on the Cat Cast, but she's here on our show. I invited Sean Ross Sapp with his cat to make a to do a Rick Rude appearance and uh, be on this show and the the Cat Cast here in a second. But he's a coward, and the, his cat will not be appearing on this show. The booking fee was, was also kind of high. So things just didn't work out, but everyone stay tuned for the cat cast after this. All right, Jensen, let the people know where they can find you. The next time y'all can see me is later today, twitch.tv
3: slash Fightful gaming, me and Joel Pearl i'm assuming we're playing mario kart today again so it's
2: always mario kart you act like it's something different
3: <laughs> well now that i've got a capture card like i'm glad that i can display my mario kart but i do have it set up for my uh, sega dreamcast now too so i can oh. start diving in on uh i got power stone and power stone too i got that old WWF royal rumble game and stuff so nice. yeah um so yeah i got a I got, uh, marvel vs. capcom uh too i got some really good games for this i'm really happy that i've got that up and running but anyways That'll be later today. Me and Joel, will both have our screens up so you can watch both of our gameplay. If you have a Nintendo Switch, you can jump in and play Mario Kart with us. We put out a code in the chat and you can join in and play our tournaments with us. It's a lot of fun. I just saw this stuff about how they're going to be adding 48 new courses to this game over the next like handful of months. But oh, wow. I think it costs a little bit of money, but you're basically getting a whole second game out of it. So like, that's pretty cool um i see some power stone love in the chat my favorite fighting games ever are power stone and power stone too so i'm glad there's some people in here who know what i'm talking about um but yeah that'll be later today twitch.tv slash fightful gaming that'll be at 7 p.m eastern time and we usually go till about 8 30 or so um this weekend saturday night we have ufc 271 that is um, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whittaker for the middleweight championship in the main event. I'll be there for Fightful Fight Night. It'll be me, Romeo, Rob Wilkins, Sean Ross Sapp, usually there for the main event. So we'll be watching that. We'll be watching the main event. And I think we're going to do the co-main too. There's a lot of interest for Derek Lewis in his hometown of Houston, Texas, taking on Tai Chi Uvasa. That should be a really fun heavyweight matchup. So expect us to be live for the co-main an- co-main event and the main event for UFC 271 Fightful Fight Night. That'll be youtube.com slash fightful. And then on Sunday, I got the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. That is uh, every weekend, uh, every Sunday, talking independent pro wrestling. So check that out as a part of the $5 tier on fightfulselect.com. I'll be covering a whole bunch of stuff. And also Fightful Overbooked, uh, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, myself and SP3, Degrassi dudes, we are ranking all of the main characters from degrassi the next generation so join us for that it's always a fun time even if you have no idea about degrassi or have any interest in watching the show i think you'll still enjoy hearing me and sp3 kind of mark out for something that isn't wrestling so um so yeah check all that stuff out everything else i do i just keep updated on my twitter twitter dot, uh, dot com slash uh, or i guess at fight talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-L-K underscore if you want to use my code on independentwrestling.tv use code fight talk
2: there you go, Jensen, a man of many plugs. Everyone, you can go to uh, <laughs> YouTube.com. Dude, I, I cut it in half, too, for you. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> you go to YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Uh, you can check out all the content we have there. We have content daily. Uh, I apologize that Joel Pearl plays such a big role on the channel. Uh, at 4 o'clock, it is Dynamite, day after Dynamite with Will Washington from Graph He will be talking about last night's AEW Dynamite, the ratings, all the news coming out from there, uh, everything just Dynamite related. Uh, on that that's today after dynamite four o'clock on youtube.com slash fightful overbooked uh, again the Catcast is on now tomorrow morning sp3 and i on friday morning coffee uh 8 30 a.m we got the nba trade deadline everybody i know we had some chatter about that in the chat today i cannot wait to tell <laughs> the, the tremendous tremendous nxt championship belt uh, we got friday morning coffee nba trade deadline sp3 and i will be diving deep into that we'll also be talking about how bad his Lakers are. Uh Joel mentioned so bad it's good. Drops after day after dynamite. Uh no that, I thought that, that drops at three. I don't know the schedule. Hey, we just go go to youtube.com slash Overbooked, everyone. This daily content you go there and chances are by the time you're visiting, you're going to get a new video that you haven't seen yet. Uh, you can also now subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Go go over to Apple. Leave us some some stars. Leave us some six stars in the Tokyo Dome. If you don't mind. But all your favorite podcasts. Oh, we swapped today. All right. Thanks for the heads up. I don't know what happens on my own channel, Jensen. Do you see this? Like, do, yeah. do you see how I'm treated around here, Steven Jensen?
3: Shenanigans. Bunch of shenanigans going on Absolutely. Here. No, it's
2: my channel, and I get told what's actually happening on it. Like, you, you think I'd have a say over some of this stuff. God forbid, you know, anybody listens to me around here in a fire. Yeah, we got to file some grievances here. You got these issues with Joel. Braun Breaker's out there taking
3: everything I've worked for. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a lot going on. A lot, a lot, a lot to take care of on both of our ends. Bethel Overbook's going well, though, man. I, I, I do like, uh, seeing all the, uh, all the positive uh, feedback for Overbook so far. So
2: It's been great. I, I'm really happy with everything that's been happening in spite of Joel Pearl, but we, we're going to continue to work and build and continue to do some fun stuff on that channel so everybody can go over there guys we appreciate it we'll be back next week uh talking kind of the week in WWE, AEW, indies and other and we'll have a new person in the creator spotlight everybody we'll talk to y'all next week back at 3 p.m eastern next week assuming everything goes well and there is no personal happenings that rearrange my schedule again i apologize for the for the early it's 2 p.m you yeah 2 p.m I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Back at 2 p.m. Eastern next week. Again, assuming everything holds up on my schedule. Guys, you guys enjoy your week. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to y'all. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Talk to y'all later, everybody.